You're listening to The Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly. What's growing on, DGC? All you tokers, growers, uh, what else do we have? We don't want to say, st- oh, yeah, sure, stoners. I'm sure there's some stoners out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I'm one of them. Uh, yeah, we, uh, I got to get a little bit of my caffeine going. We're in studio today, way to grow, hanging out, and uh, just got out of the uh, Scooby-Doo van, so we're a little tuned. <laughs> Yeah. A little more tuned than uh, I know hey. what to do with sometimes, but what's up? You know what? I had smoked a decent amount of wax, trying to just, you know, we kind of on a time constraint here. And uh, I, was, I was told that, that when the dude shows up, we're, go- we're, we're going live, man. So I should get <laughs> tuned up beforehand. So I just had a little bit of wax out of convenience, smoked it. And I got, like, high, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, it's a weird thing. I'll talk about on what's going on, whether you're, like, the the odd kind of high that being you know, that wax gives you, because it's, it's like so clean. Uh, you're not positive if you're high. So like I needed to smoke some flour to really elevate my mood, or I really wanted to before we sat down and bullshitted. Yeah, uh, dude, smoking flour really is a different different uh, different buzz. It really is. That's, that's where the happy happy is, man. I agree, especially <laughs> like I say, man. After I did that pen for a while on vacation, it's you notice the difference in buzz. Coming back and hitting flower for the first time in a week, it was like, mm, yeah, that more enjoyable attributes. What the hell was that, by the way, man? Oh, that was beautiful, beautiful flower. Sueño, hook that up. Oh, I think man. you've grown that. We got that hooked up from Straight Nugs. Yeah, anytime I want to doubt the dude for some of the wacky shit he says, I'll just smoke some of his weed sometimes, and I'm like, ah, yeah, that's why they call him the dude. <laughs> that's why he's the dude, man. He comes through. My eyes feel like they're twitching. That's how you know I feel like pretty high. <laughs> sleepy in Spanish. You know what? I looked it up because I was like, it doesn't make me sleepy. It means dreams too, man. <laughs> when you're dreaming, dreams. you're alive. Alright, cool. Yeah, so. Oh, it's like, S-U-E-N-O? There's an Enye in there somewhere, yeah. Okay, an Enye? Enye. Good show today, guys. We got Jeff, the 420 chef on Gonna get some info on Very edibles. Very with that guy, man. Uh, making some butter, and yeah, really great. We got about a half hour hanging with him. Yep. What me and Scotty got growing on, and as well as what's going on on our grows. But let's do an executive producer first off. Uh, you got Kilo What? Kilo What? You did a little better there than me. <laughs> so, so how? how is, I love that guy, man. You want to talk about a legit DGC, man? Uh, Kilowatt is just always contributing, whether it's with memes, uh, whether it's just with interesting comments or interesting posts or grow questions. Uh, that guy's legit, man. So it's it's a, a joy to have you in the crew, brother. Hell yeah. Appreciate it. Hey, you know what? I want to try something a little bit different. Now that we got this nice website that actually works and whatnot, I want to start visiting these dank nugs. There's people that are throwing up every episode. There's people that are throwing up beautiful dank nugs, man. And 
I'm what throw- is it? You just put a picture up on the side or something? Yeah, you use the meme generator, and uh, you just take a picture of what you're smoking or you know, if something dank you're smoking. Yeah, take a picture and tag it. And uh, yeah, we'll share it on Instagram. I'm thinking I'm trying to get a sponsor, you know, somebody, uh, somebody to sponsor another contest for us, man. Give away something good every week with it. Best but- trichome pick. <laughs> something like that. We're just playing around, but it's you know, people seem to really love the the nug porn online and kind of I do too. Honestly, when I was actually watching one of these videos uh from the Jungle Brothers and some of the shit they were showing, I was like, "Oh, man, that's legit fire, man." So, <laughs> I like seeing it. So, yeah, we're going to play around with it. And uh okay, so Yaman, is it Jaman? Yaman. That's my boy this week, man. He's killing it. Take a look at this, man. Like it was the animal cookies. Like uh, I said, that's yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. Hard nug, man. That is legit hard nug right so there, man. So many cookie crosses. <laughs> so hey, if we feature you on the uh, dank nug section or on our on our show, we'll make your uh, dank nugs meme sticky, meaning it will throw it right up at the tippy top for a day or two. And uh, show it some love, man. So thank you so much. And when we get our nugs dealio back, we'll even throw you some nugs, man. But I was told we're prioritizing all that stuff, right? We are prioritizing. <laughs> we're working on it. It's coming. System's coming. It's all coming back. Hey, it's almost Christmas, man. We've got to slow down a little bit. Take time to reflect and yeah. enjoy the season. <laughs> Dude, ask me what's growing on, because I took some time to slow it the <laughs> fuck down last night, man. First, first, a uh, couple prime time supporters. Way to Grow still has everything in the store on sale. I believe it's the whole month. Double Would you check. say Ocean Forest was cheap, right? I don't know if we're allowed to say it, but it was cheap. Yeah. Crazy. If you want to hook up on bags of Ocean Forest, now's the time to pick up your palette. Nice. Split it with your three friends <laughs> and store it if you need to. I think, what is what is the, I was looking at, there's a bunch of pallets here next to the studio. And what's the deal with um, the, uh, how you store that? Like, can it be out in freeze? Can it be out in uh, just... In the summer, or does it I cook bet. more? If or is it? I'm assuming if it's sitting in a warehouse at a regular room temperature, it's right. just not doing much. Yeah, I would think so. But, but you're not I don't know how long. In it. I was curious. Yeah, how long would it last? It's all raw ingredients that aren't doing anything unless taken up, unless it's being cooked, right? It would cook after a while, I imagine. If you stored that in heat, I would imagine any anything woody in there would cook after yeah, a I was while. Just curious. I was curious I have, how long I have it's no good idea. for. Anyway, it's good for a long time, brother. <laughs> anyway, see, that's what smoking too much gets you all off track. Uh, that sales t- t- uh, through December 23rd, guys. So if you need to get any uh, Christmas grow gear, hook it up. Everything's on sale. Some smoking deals at any of the seven way to grows. Yeah. And shout out. Appreciate it. Still always have fun coming up to the studio here and hanging out in the all-silver grow tent. Makes me feel like, well, I shouldn't say all-silver. You know how the grow tents are lined with silver lining. <laughs> it's like, nobody has an office like this. It's very sparkly. Nobody puts up silver wallpaper. Shit's badass. Uh, very sparkly. All right, man. Let's man, you know, I actually asked the founder of Way to Grow if he'd come on the show. I'm, I'm wondering if he will, man, with all this... You know, political stuff going on uh-huh. and, you know, all these changes and people worrying about the industry. Nobody's really more dialed into the industry than that guy, man. He's a smart homeboy, too. So I want to see if he'll come on the show, man. I, I emailed over there, man. Keep your fingers crossed. All right. Get some good info. Get some insight. Insider. Inside <laughs> edition. Inside edition. Man, my I was doing some uh, work the other day down in the grow, and I hear upstairs, like, my wife was zoning out end of the day and had on... Uh, she sometimes she'll watch like the true 
crime cases. I don't even know remember the name of the show, but it was about uh, the wife killing the husband. No, some little girl <laughs> here in Colorado that. Um, oh, John Benet. Yeah, I was like, dear God, this is so beaten to death. Like, hey, that's really didn't the girl get beaten to death? That's really ruthless, yeah. man. You shouldn't anyway. say that. Like, I can't believe you, you find this even remotely interesting anymore. But anyway. Pretty... It was never solved. I heard OJ did it. Wait, no. I, I think they solved that like this past year. They, oh. they actually figured out who did it. And you I, know I what? Don't remember. See, now we're giving into it. See? <laughs> and who he's cares? Like, and I don't remember who did it. Sorry. <laughs> who cares? There was a shitty commercial on, and I started buying the knives, and then it was... It was over after that. All right. Tell us a little bit about what you got growing on, Dude, Scotty. I uh, remember Van Ripster left that uh, can of butter for us. That First off, this is what the dude is saying. He's <laughs> coconut oil. Yeah, I brought some coconut oil into the studio yeah. here. You can see it if you're up on... Uh, it's got the... Uh, it's he, a lot of healthy chlorophyll looking color to it yeah and he's like yeah some people don't like the taste i'm like yeah i bet they don't man. <laughs> i bet they don't i'll take it no problem but uh van ripster made me some coconut oil butter that is uh coconut oil whatever but it's thick you know like it's yeah, easy it yeah, solidifies so I, yeah so i took like my wife made like the christmas cookies yesterday so i just took a christmas cookie winged a bunch of it we were going to the spread n- it all over the top of it yeah i got my, my mother-in-law who i like her but she's you know she's a you know a proper woman you know and a little bit older and whatnot she's so. not a whore no <laughs> she's a proper woman yes yes so right. we took her to the nutcracker ballet for some reason it wasn't my idea believe it or not but yeah and uh Definitely was trying to think, like, what am I going to do, man? I got to get a serious buzz going on for this one. Man. Yeah. So, yeah, I ate a, a big cookie with probably twice the amount that I would think would be safe to eat. I was just like, I'm going to err on the side of getting fucked up this week, you know, tonight, <laughs> man. And so I did, and my wife drove down there, and, yeah, I started being like, I couldn't really keep my, I noticed, like, I was falling asleep on the ride down there. I was like, fuck, I can't really even keep conscious. <laughs> like, I remember at one time, I was like, this is a great idea. I was in the back seat, and I was resting my head on the seatbelt thing, and I was like, yeah, this is perfect. Anyway, we got to the Nutcracker, and sure enough, I was ripped, ripped. So all we had to do was go to our seats, and sure enough, like, I couldn't tell if there was one or two. Like, I had actually had legitimate double vision. I couldn't tell if now, they were Now, were you super tired, too, or no? I was exhausted. I had about three hours sleep, and my kid, I promised my kid I would take her to school the next day, that, that morning. So, you know, I had maybe three hours sleep, two and a half hours sleep. and uh, Zero, yeah. That'd be like yeah. rule number three, yeah. section A, edibles. I was, I was just Don't have up. a lot when you're tired. <laughs> yeah. Because your system's already not functioning properly. It's requiring sleep, and then you throw it a curveball. Like, well, deal with this, man. Oh, man. But it was really great. Like, I couldn't tell if the girl's you know, ballerina's feet were actually on the floor <laughs> or not. It was really neat. Was it enjoyable? Or it was were you wonderful. trying to manage? It was wonderful. I kept on being like, whoa, what is making that sound, man? Which one of those instruments is making oh, that sound? Oh, that's what's sound? fun. That's what I love doing yeah, the most when you go to see the orchestra. Yeah, it was a up. trip. It was really fun. And then you hear this like, little chime come in. You're like, where is it? Where is it? It's like finding Waldo with music. Yeah, I was probably the most annoying person to sit next to. You know? <laughs> I drank a Red Bull, too. I was so tired. Everybody oh. was drinking drinks. I drank a Red Bull. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, but we had a really good time there, man. It was really interesting. It was a beautiful place. Every now and again, it's fun to go, I don't know, it's 20 or 30 bucks a ticket or whatever, but to go support the arts, man. Yeah, definitely. I was saying to my kid, because <laughs> I was thinking really out of the box, I was like, 100 years ago, this was it. That was it for entertainment, man. You know what I mean? You went and seen people perform for you. 
Well, you mean as far as just, yeah, you're not going, you're not sitting there, you don't have your flat screen. No TV in the home, yeah. no radio in the home, you know, maybe barely, but I don't, I don't know, you know, maybe a hundred years ago. But before that, I'm saying you're just sitting around, I don't know, doing work, surviving, <laughs> you know, gnawing on roots. Surviving. Whittle some wood. Yeah, man. I mean, so the, the fact that that was, you know, you used to have to go for your entertainment like that is pretty trippy. Uh, you said 100 years ago is how far you're going back? I would think 100. So let's go back to uh, 1916. What, ni- 1916. I don't know. Is there radio going on? Yeah, Are you man. blasting lots of radio? What's going radio, on? telephones. Telephone. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Give me, give me another 20 years, man. All right. I mean, you got to go back way back, man. I don't know. No, no turn, you don't have to turn go. To the you ain't got to go that far back, bro. And I mean, and, uh, tons of people had no. Uh, Radio or uh, electricity in 1918. That's 1917, 16, whatever. They were enjoying, enjoying. Uh, I don't know. I would say yeah. all the time, but living life and trying to yeah, keep grand- on living life. Grandpa's <laughs> whistling. I think Grandpa the average whistle for us again. Dude, the average lifespan. I forgot when it was. Was something like 100 years ago? Not even was like. 56 for like a dude. <laughs> dude 56 are you Oh not, no, yeah. 18 like Civil War era, it was like 48. Oh, something. the first time you needed a shot, you know what I mean, or antibiotics, you would have been dead. It's cuz they were living hard. No, they're having fun, dude. That's what <laughs> I mean. Like I had to go I freaking almost cut my finger off being all stone cutting sugarcane one day. It would have been it for me, I man. I debate, dude, I mean I I guess I'm asking you to debate the question I do sometimes in my head of, you have everything all the time in my life that I've never needed as far as food, shelter, and what I need to survive. So whenever there might be a situation that that you don't have one of those, is it kind of like, you know, it's it's scary. You're like, shit, how am I going to eat today? Or how am I going to feed my family? Or living like that for a little bit, is that some of the the most living you've ever done? Feeling that drive, feeling that like, you know, shit, man, like I'm, I'm alive. <laughs> like when I go to the store to get like Parmigiano Reggiano and instead they only have Parmesan and I'm like, I'll fucking do it, man. I'm alive. I'm alive. Yes. Man. Yes. Fucking give it to me. We got to figure out how to mute. We're just blowing up. Uh, just, the producers uh, ears here. We're just excitable. Mics. That's all, man. Thanks, guys. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm going to try and... something. Yeah. Did you see, dude and I took off, uh, we were talking about it last Thursday, uh, played some hooky and went to uh, a major resort. I don't know what you say, the resort we went to, man. Well, yeah, Copper Mountain. All right, fair, fair enough. Shit. Fair enough, man. All right, and so we're going down, Copper Mountain's like a big, you know, it's like over, the, aside from Breckenridge, I would say, you know, Aspen's where all the fancy pants go or whatever, but, you know, Breck, Copper, those are like tourist places. But this really isn't tourist season, I don't think, yet, is it? A little early, as far as early. plenty of locals there so, are copper. Yeah, we're cruising down to go grab a beer or go grab some lunch, and there's a guy just sitting there smoking a full-on joint down at the uh, at the base, like right where you walk into the uh, uh, like the restaurants and stuff, and it was kind of like a, a, what do they call it, a seminal moment for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, wow, is that allowed now? You know, I mean, it is. It's been a couple of years. Everyone's kind of chilling on vacation there. But I was just surprised. He It was down to the roach, it's too. Not, Homeboy had yeah. smoked the whole fucking thing it in a big crowd a couple in of, public. A couple of things. Sometimes you might get uh, somebody that just, there might even be a complete language barrier and they don't understand the rules. It's just like, oh, right. sweet. I'm going to smoke a joint out in Colorado. But I then hope also, you are cool with this. There are some people that... Uh, 
just don't care either. I mean, obviously, there's typically not going to be I'm police rich. officers walking around anywhere in a mountain base. Right. Area. You know, they're just not just walking no, around there. No, but I there. figured but, the ski patrol, I mean, yeah, it's pretty easy. It's, As a kid, I'd be worried about getting my season's pass fucking yanked, man, for 600 bucks. You know, it's debatable. If they're, were they in the smoking area, did you say? Weren't they in the smoke? They I had a little smoking area over there. I that said, like, remember. You could, if so, that's you even You can cooler. smoke here, because I remember seeing people smoke cigarettes over there. So maybe it's like, well, you know, the people that enforce are of an elevated and intelligent mind. They're like, well, if there's no reason I'm going to tell that guy to put out his J if I'm letting people smoke cigarettes out there. I have a conflict with myself doing that, you know? Yeah, I mean, let's get straight. Ski Patrol usually smokes weed on, on their off. Yeah. yeah. You know. So <clears throat> maybe that's probably, I, I would think if he's in the smoking area, in my, in my mind, in my unlawful mind, he's legit. So, but what, yeah. All right. Are we going? Are we just yeah, rolling? Go, go, we roll, roll. We're going back and forth here, man. I, don't I know. have five or How six. How long have we been inches. talking? I don't even keep keeping track. I don't know. About 30, man. Okay. We'll give it that. Yeah, roll a little. <laughs> All right. So, been figuring out this book. Uh, Wait. Did you say 30? How long have we been going, Groguru? 15? What's <laughs> <Yeah>. working? <laughs> yeah. It's kicking in. All right. Book called Compost Everything by a guy named David the Good. Really? Yeah, I'm guessing the is his middle name. Okay, I don't know. The guy that's actually, like the uh, that's on the, the book. The author, by David it says the by Good, David the Good, all written and, as it sounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, that is good for him. That's a shitload to live up to. You don't want to have a bad fucking day, right? Yeah. Curse <laughs> somebody out. You're David the Good. Um. Anyway. <laughs> I just got told to fuck off by David the Good, man. You know? Compost everything. Yeah, it's a pretty good book, man. It was, uh, uh, I don't know, it can't be that long. I got it on Audible, which I love when books are available on Audible because that means the author will read it to me while I fall asleep at night. It was like know? three hours long. It was three hours sh- long, short. man. And it talks about, I always wondered why they talk about how you can't compost meat and you can't compost this and that. And most of the time, it's I'm thinking to myself, that shit sure enough breaks down in nature. It's not like, you know, it never breaks down. Yep. But uh, what they were talking about is most of the, the reason you can't compost a lot of that shit is because animals will just come in your yard and dig it the fuck up if you don't yeah. dig it deep Yeah, enough. if you live in an area that, well, which is almost anywhere, they're just showing videos somewhere of a mountain lion snagging a deer, like right in the middle of like a downtown city area in, in uh, California or something. But... Wow. I'm, I guess, yeah, anywhere where active animals or scavengers or whatever would just, yeah. Yeah, so they were talking, but there's techniques for it where you dig a pit like three foot deep and stuff like that. I think they were calling it like a melon pit or something, but it's just really interesting that you can just compost, you know, that you can pretty much use a lot of your waste to compost, man. You know, yeah. it's uh, you take drop deuce in the pit too. No, no, everything, I'm, I'm not everything. there yet. Uh, you know, once they put the humanor book on. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. There's a book called The Humanor Book. And once they make that on Audible, I'll listen to it. Okay. But I'm not going to fucking read a book. Wait, that was later on in the book. Well, oh, I'm in sure the, they're talking com- about it. Yeah. everything, yeah. Yeah, this guy, yeah, what's cool about that book is they recommend a whole bunch of other interesting resources, interesting books to get into, man. So I, I love those, man. It's like a web bra. <laughs> <laughs> The reason uh, I have issues with composting a lot is, um, and we're getting a little bit what I got growing on, but the uh, right now it's wintertime in Colorado. It makes it a little tougher to sure. stay on schedule. Yeah. Hopefully you've composted. I guess the thought there is you've probably composted enough um, during the warm seasons to last for what your needs are during the winter for an indoor grower, for example. I mean, you still need to be amending with compost if you're doing 
the no-till jazz that I've been looking into a little bit because you were also well, what did you have? You had something. Well, yeah, about this. Well, I was just thinking. Indoor Hugel. I was thinking we about it. We got to break man. down what the Hugel is for people that don't know. Real a, quick. a Hugel mound is, a Hugel just means hill in in German. And they just take a, a bunch of wood. Like they'll take logs or just like thick pieces of wood. And they'll use them as like a, a nitrogen sink. There's a lot of nitrogen as those things break down. And there's a lot of uh, moisture that those can hold. So it'll, and that's what they'll give off. So um, I was just thinking about if you could do that indoors, you know, and just have something like that, maybe wrapped up in like a, uh, 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 what's that cloth, man? Either like just landscape cloth would probably work on the cheap. I was thinking you could do it with like the smart pot cloth. Well, so the main to. difference I know with doing Hugel growing or Hugel mound outside, guys, is so you're going to put, you're actually putting wood into it of different sizes, right. like wood that is wood, wood chips. But, and like it doesn't that. have to be – it could be fresh-cut wood off yep. a live tree. It could be yep. dead wood. It's supposed to – it's not supposed to work so good in the beginning. I'm thinking, like, what and would happen – And the source of the wood, that's going to be your nitrogen. Well, no. Or, in the beginning, you also have uh, – the first year or two, you have a lot of problems with nitrogen deficiency. Right. Because the wood the wood takes it in and locks it up. So, so the main point thinking, is eff- effectiveness in drought, though, right? No, no, the main point is I'm thinking that – I'm trying to think a little bit more sustainable, man. I'm thinking that if we can get it to where we have a big – we're in this 12 by 12 grow tent right now, right? But how – Just, just <laughs> Were you second. really high? I mean, you thought Hugo Mound indoor, but I'll listen. Keep I'm going. I'm thinking about taking a big bag of stuff. Okay, you know, take like a. I'm, I'm thinking that the bigger the mass of soil you have to work with, the better the quality it's going to be. If you can grow out of a, a raised bed that's like you know a couple hundred gallons, and the roots get to kind of intermingle, and and uh, the microbes get to intermingle, they've got this big mass. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> that 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 they'll be, you know. I want to try to grow a huge uh, a, a mass, you know, organic. So it's the same difference. I'm saying with uh, we're on the same page. And what I'm talking about, I watched this video where they're the indoor um, no-till, and instead of doing it in containers, right. I'm like, well, why don't I do a uh, fabric, you know, like a jackpot custom made right. to be. A big rack, you know, what fits right, almost wall to wall in my grow room. Wait, let me look at you like you're crazy now. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not putting pieces of wood and shit in it. I'm going to put. You're you're uh, talking like a foot and a half raised bed planter. Yeah, like maybe a four two by feet. four or a four by exactly. That, Smart Pot has those. I've yeah, seen Smart yeah. Pot having those. So now we're outside of the uh, way to grow in Boulder, they've got a really cool one. One triple, it's like three raised beds that you can do. And I'm saying that, yeah, I'll bet you if you grow in those three raised beds and make a beautiful organic living soil in those three raised beds, or maybe even just make one big mound. That you're gonna get uh, really high quality, man. You're, I'm looking to try to to add organics into the mix. You know, I'm, I'm looking to try to. Well, the sh- mound doesn't make sense with height restrictions indoors. Like, why would you want a mound? I don't even know if it'd have to be that. Be- I was thinking you could plant. I was thinking that if you could make it, we're in a twelve by twelve here, but this is really big. But you could do two or three mounds in here. You could probably do two mounds on on, on this thing. Why do they have to be a mound? That's what I don't get. I just think because of the heat is. I think it doesn't. It has seem something to, to do with. I bet you know. I've seen our other buddy's mound and he loved after you know it took a little bit to get established the while. effectiveness to he's like dude i haven't watered it in like five days it was like 90 plus every day because i guess all the roots and shit make it into the inside of the mound which is like kind of a cavity of moisture and well, that's held in when there. it does rain the all the moisture is trapped up in the wood 
Yeah, and I mean, okay, so I'm saying you could probably adapt that to just feed this thing, you know, or I'm sorry, water it once or twice a week, maybe even just do it with like an earthworm tea or something like that. Uh, Keep a ton of microbial action going inside there and have something where you're not throwing your soil out all the time. It does seem so silly that we're throwing our soil out all the time. Have this mound going and have it cooking and be like, oh, yeah, I'm on year three. You know what I mean? Probably after the third, you know, I, I conditioned, you know, that's what I'm saying. It can't take up real estate in your grow. But if it was in some kind of a bag or something where yeah. you could take it, let it rot for a year or something like that, let it cook, then bring it in. All mine bit. goes out into my yard, so I don't feel too wasteful. But I sure, I mean, that's pretty expensive. I don't expensive stuff to take out. But let's get back into it. Let's take a break, man, because I want to talk a little bit about a video I saw. We could go on for a minute here. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's take a quick break, dude. Cause you had mentioned that you might need to, uh, hit the boys room. I'm good, man. I'm good. Thank <laughs> Either you. Either way, the, the little boys room. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> Either way. Um, yeah, let's take Excellent a segue though, sir. Check. Yeah. Check everything out. There's a segue. I heard Scott might've peed on a plant or something. I don't know. We'll see. So there I segued it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you guys check everything out at dudegrows.com. We'll be right back. Uh, hang out for the rest of the show. Plenty of good info coming. Jeff, the 420 chef. Yeah. And, uh, we'll be coming back with you in a moment. All right. Gonna overgrow this country. Gonna need a lot of recharge. Gonna overgrow this country. Gonna need me a lot of recharge. Gonna overgrow this country. Gonna need a lot of recharge. Gonna overgrow this country. Gonna need me a lot of recharge. It's microbes put in a can Created by a man Who takes life underground Growing life the natural way A little recharge every day Keeps the pests and problems at bay Gonna overgrow this country Gonna need a lot of recharge Gonna overgrow this country Gonna need me a lot of recharge Gonna overgrow this country Gonna need a lot of recharge Gonna overgrow this country Gonna need me a lot of recharge My purple kush never smoked like this Crushed it without a hitch Still dreaming about them But a little recharge every day Keeps the pests and problems at bay The natural way will never fade Gonna overgrow this country Gonna need a lot of recharge Gonna overgrow this country Gonna need me a lot of recharge Gonna overgrow this country Gonna need a lot of recharge If we all plant a seed It won't be can't handle this heat, three-ton AC, room still 93, I can't figure it out. What's a grower to do? The bugs are loving it too, so I'll smoke this tube and try to figure it out. Call the temp needs, Todd knows AC, so I teach other scene, but he can't figure it out. Simple four light flip, she's being such a bitch. Now I'm fucking pissed and I can't figure it out.
louder than Mr. Giant, but now I gotta cool it down. I sit and smoke and watch the airflow. Yeah, I said I'm gonna work it out. I don't settle for no, I'm always down at the road. That's why you know I'm gonna figure it out. What could the ballast room create a vacuum? Fucking A, I just figured it out. That's how I figured it out. Can fans on the scene hook up an 8 HP to push a positive feed. I fucking figured it out. Yeah, bro, the real dank flavor, and you know I'm gonna figure it out. But don't let it go, keep an eye on that flow. The little shit will fuck you up. We'll keep growing that weed with DGC. You know that means we're gonna figure it out. Well, if you grow, then you know that half the fun's trying to figure it out. All right, where were we? Deep in the... You were poking fun of my hoogle, man. Hey, dude, that's just a concept. I was just sitting there dreaming about it, saying that, like... It's, it seems like eventually we're going to get away from throwing away our soil all the time. Nobody in raised beds, you don't throw away your soil every time. You know, you work it, and then you're like, oh, man, this is new soil. Then you're like, oh, yeah, this soil's getting good now. You know, I've been working this farmer the other while. day, he had like 50 dump trucks lined up, man. He was scraping his field off. <laughs> yeah, he's getting re- brand new soil, he's right? brand new soil, <laughs> yeah. all, in, all in 10-liter bags. Of course I am. I harvested last week. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just seems silly. So I'm just trying to think outside the box. I'm thinking these hoogles, if you could get them to where, maybe even if you had them, uh, you know, say it was a, you know, a commercial interest and you sold these things and they rotted after, you know, you had to keep them for a year or yeah. something. So before you even sold them, they were gone for a year and then you brought them. And they were kind of just releasing all sorts of nitrogen. You watered this thing with earthworm castings, tea, you know, something you had your own worm farm. You fucking made a, a diluted worm tea. Yeah. And that was it, man. Worm tea over this hoogle mound. And you know what? Put a whole bunch of other stuff in there too. Put some, uh, Full hippie here, full hippie alert, man. Put some veg in there, man. You know, put some fruits and you know some vegetables in there and whatnot. Some easy stuff, some squash, some zucchini. Oh, and you know what I mean. And have this thing where it's not like, ew, that's his weed. That's his disgusting, you know, shameful weed place over there. It's like, no, that's the organic garden over there. You got my six weed plants over. You know, got my six cannabis plants over here making my medicine. Got my squash and zucchini. Clo- I'm paying to run lights. They're growing cannabis. Outdoors, I'm down with all that mixed garden and shit. Indoors. I, I just wonder if you could do it. I'm looking at this 12 by 12 None here. of my canopies. You can only grow six plants, and everybody's already full of weed. Everybody's like, dude. I'd love to have six plants in this 12 by 12 tent and just enough Look, room so I could walk all around What's the next thing one. it says? Quality, quality, quality. I was just talking to my buddies telling me, if you don't have the craziest fucking quality, man, ain't nobody want it. You know, it's so hard. To, it's really hard to, to to get rid of mids around, man. I'll just say <laughs> that, man. My brother Tripp told me, man. I don't even bother, man. Nobody even bothers anymore. And mids have gotten, like, a new definition, too. Oh, what are they? Mid, I mean, oh, mids, yeah, yeah. Mids used to be, like, completely shit out yeah. Mexican swag, and now mids are, like, no, you know, some, okay looking wheat. Yeah, yeah seven. seven. <laughs> exactly, man. So what I'm saying is, if you're not going to fucking grow crazy dank, man, then why bother, you know? So... 
I, I don't know. I'm so all. If you're not going to grow crazy dank, then you might as well throw in some tomatoes, peppers, and then squash you might up as in well there. grow your six. <laughs> then you might as well grow your six plants organically and grow your you know grow some food organically with it. Have three or four you know what three fifteens or something like that that don't cost you a fortune to run, and uh, yeah, and 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 pull what you need. Yeah, I mean it's cool if you want to justify that. To I mean, typically, ideally you're you're growing under the sun, what you're going to eat and all that, and pickle some shit and whatever. For a hobby, I get it. Like if somebody wants a T five eight bulb to start some seed and do this and that, but them three fifteens, but the t- vegetables are less than need... a T five eight bulb, man. Three fifteens less than a T five eight bulb. Yeah, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. You know, T five eight bulb is four hundred watts. That's what I'm saying. Take four three fifteens, give yourself twelve hundred and something watts. I could do the math if I wanted to. 1260 <laughs> and uh you know what i mean and have something so right there's two thousand dollars in lighting just, okay. i'm just saying yeah, yeah, not, yeah. but you're, pull, you're are... pulling you're pulling dank out of it though you're, you're definitely pulling your six plants of dank but they're in a big mound grow, you know yeah. grow, growing in some big mound and all you're doing is water and earthworm castings is it for everybody hell no but it might be for some folk man you know it might be an interesting thing i want to see cannabis get away from being uh you know, the bastard stepchild of the organic garden. You know, it's always got to be hidden, you know, hidden away and all that. So you feel that if you're in it, well, yeah, planting, so you're, you're saying planting together gives it a better vision if you're planting other vegetables in with your cannabis. I'm just saying that we're so weird. Think about we grow cannabis so opposite in a way that we grow everything else. There's nothing else we grow that we fucking completely, uh, 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 Indoors, you know, re- yeah. Remove well. Re- first off, indoors, but remove all the soil and throw it all away. Yeah, all that shit. We condition our soil, and we're like, yeah, you know, let's make yeah. it. We're making it better, you know. I'm putting blood meal and bone meal in it, or this or that, you know. Composting in it, you know. We just, I just think that there's something about something that we're missing, you know. So, and I do think that the more volume you get, the bigger, you know, the big mass of yeah, soil, you that need, big, you know, five hundred. Same thing with mound. like, you know, if you're trying to have a hydroponic system with a 10 gallon reservoir you're fucked there you go you need a lot of buffer yeah capacity, that's a lot of buffers capacity. hey cue up let's uh, this ties into what you're saying scotty all right you uh i checked out no, straight nugs i think sent me this video here um shout out to mendo dope tv i think or mendo dope vision all right he's and, got the vision uh, he's yeah, got some sound can, too yeah you can see here that if you're watching the video show, he's just digging through. He's got straw on the top of his containers and worms and shit. Soup is running straw in his containers, too. He's like, told you so. Uh, but in Minnesota, nice, man. So I watched this video. It's in the show notes. Check it. Episode uh, 333, What's Growing On, over at DudeGrows.com. Try, try, try. All you DGC out there, please be going over to DudeGrows.com, at least checking it or at least making a comment. Definitely helps the site out. But... This was a good uh, t- discussion about growing without any bottled newts, no-till style. I want to try like and get it. Minnesota Nice up on the show. Guys, it's a 50-minute long video. It's worth watching, even though I've only watched about 31 minutes of it. But that, that alone, <laughs> it could. This would lend itself to one of those DGC video breakdowns right Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to hook that up. But uh, what I got out of it so far is... Is that Minnesota Nice himself? It's Minnesota Nice. So they're this using pretty a, nice. I kind of like a sub, uh, a sub cool mix of some sort to start with. You know, they're in fifteen gal smart pots. Right. They put the straw on the on the top, and then the plants look great. They never water any newts. His soil's completely like when you scratch at it. That's there's all sexy. kinds of critters going on. You know, mm-hmm. worms, all kinds of shit happening. Making um, it he happen. amends on top of the soil with fresh compost. I don't know what the interval is for that. 
But the part I don't understand, which I don't know if he covered it in the last 20 minutes of the video, but he's like, <laughs> we never, he's like, we never remove root mass. We don't take, you know, we, we harvest the plant, we compost the leaves from the plant I even, get it, man. but Organic we don't material. remove root mass. But that was like his second or third time using, he's like, in the root mass is nutrients, man. There's nutrients from the prior plant. And okay. Those, you know, the, the new plant. Um, we'll work with that with the microbes breaking down the old plants' roots. All that—that's fine. I get that's that. That's what I'm talking about. How am I gonna How am I gonna plant in there, man? They, I have 15 gals right now, and when I harvest those, I can't even. You know, I can't. Yeah, that's I'm a have much. To You'd it. have to compost that soil. You'd have to compost that root mass. I know that they're talking about. I'm doing. I'm getting excited, man. They're talking about how like organic material is like the lifeblood of your soil. When you know, like. Um, the value of a farm or good farmland is how much organic material is in the soil. Um, so well, the root mass, think about that, man. They're talking about leaving the litter and whatnot to compost down. That root mass is already in the soil. That's I wonder awesome. if having, because, you know, I'm in straight cocoa. <laughs> and when I'm done, I, I, I got like a brick, man. Right. I, you got to compost that down. So you can't grow in that. Since he has worms, I mean, is he getting more of a loose? So he's using peat, and he mixes peat with worm castings 50-50 as the base of his mix okay. before amend other amendments. Right. So, I mean, and since he actively has a fair amount or a lot of worms, it looked like, in each container, are those guys making it so the soil stays looser or it doesn't get a big root ball or what? They cut the stalks as close as they can as the soil level, and they'll top dress and re-amend it. And let it have a rest period and probably water in like a worm casting tea right, or something. Right, that makes sense. And it has a rest period where it's breaking down the root mass that was in there. The soil's, What's breaking down the, the root mass? The soil is. The soil is. Hey, first off, the, it's, the, it's your a, springtails and stuff, your springtails and earthworm castings are the first line that breaks it down. Then the bacteria so and fungi. So do I, I got to set this container in a certain environment, right? It, it needs the warmer, the better the to warmer, it. Warmer, the better, yeah. Yeah. Like up to Except for I do know a lot of times they will just... Top dress, amend it, and then plant a plant right next to where the stalk was and let it keep going. That is crazy. So you have, I'm assuming that has to be a pretty, like, you know, when we're seeing people compost and break things down, they're putting black tarps over it. They're, I mean, how, I mean, that's one of my concerns. I don't like having to try warmth usually means I'm paying for it in Colorado winter or something. I mean, I'm, sure. I get oh, no, this. the microbes make it warm. Yeah, though, man. It, it, it's a, so maybe if it's like in even a room temperature, alive soils. If it's in like a room temperature room, that's fine with me. I'm just curious how long does it take and how, because there's, like I said, there's no way I can plant in mine. I could punch it, man. I'm not doing any. And then if I start to amend it, if I start to break it up, I'm tilling it. What were you just doing there? What? Punching the soil? it? I think so. <laughs> well, no, because they'll they'll also have cover crops that are planted on the top, and their roots are going down and breaking up the soil, too, because they're not in competing root spaces. Yeah, because technically, I, my, my brain's like, shit, okay, I'll just reuse this. I'll take it out, and I'll break it all up with a shovel or something, but that's tilling it. That's that's what a till is. Exactly, exactly. So, what they're saying is tricky. that the microbes do it. That's why we've got to get Minnesota Nice up on here. I want to get a little info. He was a little inspiring. Uh, with that that shiz, but you I like it. Totally that's where the inspiring. quality. You're just a little inspiring. Is that right? That's where the quality is <laughs> going to come come from. Like you're saying, a full I agree. Organic. I agree. I found man. a product. By the way, um, I'm going to get a hold of. I was hanging out. Shout out to the Green Rooster, um, uh, Brendan over there, or Brent. Uh, we'll just say the professor hanging out over there. And uh, they he had a all in one soil mix from some cats. I got to look more into. But the idea we're getting at here, at least. 
if nothing else, I'm gonna try a run with the no bottled nutrients, man. Right. You know, right. we're gonna you know, we're gonna make everybody and I'm like, dude, if you sell a lot of the soil, how's your store gonna make any money? You know, and he's like, Yep, yep. Because <laughs> like you know, and you know bottled nutrient companies like there's no of course we like Hannah A and B and all this and but well, there's know. a lot of ways to grow and there's there's also uh sometimes it's hard for people to perfect this depending on what their abilities are to mix stuff or whatever, and they it's just... It's what you're interested in, you know? Yeah. And what you're doing with it, you know? There's a lot of people that are making commercial product out there. We were just looking uh, at uh, the Jungle Brothers. Or the Jungle Brothers, there was uh-huh. a, a video. What's the guy's name? Burner, right? Burner's like the... It's like a rapper's kind of... Gr- grower, rapper kind of guy. He's the weed dude for the rap stars. Okay, fair enough, man. He's a really cool guy, man. You were watching the Jungle Brothers... Yeah, man. What's I, that? I, while listening to the Chemical Brothers, bro. They're a group of growers out of Los Angeles. It's a YouTube channel or something? It's a YouTube video. We did a, we actually, JR Token brought it to our attention. We just did a DGC video breakdown on it. And it was this guy, Burner. He's got a really cool channel. And he goes over and visits. He was in, I think he was in Pacific Northwest on episode three. He was in LA this time. And um, he went over and was just talking about how, like, <laughs> Uh, just quality, man. You really got to have some super high quality if you if you want to compete anymore, man. I mean, I guess there's a commercial scene or whatever, you know, an out-of-town commercial mm-hmm. scene. But in a legitimate game, you really got to have some high quality, man. And it was it was interesting. It was, it was a, a good video. But all, all of it was uh, rock wool, like six-inch rock wool cubes and A and B, you know, just salts, A yeah. and B, dosatrons and shit. Um, there really wasn't a lot of organic stuff going on. It's going to get you high, though. It's going to get you high. It That's was frosty people, as a it, motherfucker. You're just you know? explaining the, the, the difference between what micro connoisseur markets are going to come out of right. legalization versus right. I can go get it at Conoco or I can go to Walgreens. Yeah, Bud's the now. size of my arm, man. So, I mean. That's what I'm talking about. I think that if you can get it down to where you got three 315s that you paid for or, you know, some LEDs, you know, you got some, you know, three or four thousand dollars worth of LEDs, you spent 10 grand on your grow. And it's your home vegetable garden, though. And you've got a lifetime supply of cannabis coming out of there, enough to give your friends, you know, and it's just, and you don't have to constantly be going to the grow store and constantly putting. Uh, chemicals. I'm not into getting it. back into the vegetable garden discussion indoors. <laughs> I'm just You're supposed a- to eat what's seasonal too, people. Eat what's seasonal, diversify your diets, be <laughs> eco friendly. Uh, yeah, baby. That's why it changes because the seasons change. I'm, I'm just saying that I want to get some full flavored uh, cannabis coming out of that biatch. That's all. Yeah, that's it's that's how it's going to happen. I mean, we had. Uh, um, my gosh, potent ponics. Sorry yeah, there, Steve. Steve. Uh, Potent Ponics was talking about uh, he gave it okay, Steve. Now he gave it away, man. He was just secretly potent, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, the flavor in the aqua, Aquaponic Island Sweet Skunk. I don't believe I ever had the pleasure of trying it, and was basically talking about how you will notice compared to the way you're feeding yours, it's way more like involved. And- Odiferous. Odiferous. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to, uh, yeah, we'll discuss more about that a little bit later on with what's going on in our grows because I have some ideas ideas for uh, things, stuff. <laughs> All right, I got one last thing to tell you, yes. man. was hanging out uh, over at Way to Grow, and you can always run into some pretty interesting people here. I ran into a really great Colorado grower that I know who may or may not be a Florida transplant as well. Proud, all right? Okay. <laughs> He's one of us that came up and, like, and uh, like melted in, melded in. Is that what you would say? He's not sticking out. Yeah. 
not speaking Spanish and handing a, a typewritten note with the, the ocean forest recipe <laughs> to the guy behind the counter. Or Chinese or Asian. I shouldn't say Chinese. There are a lot of Asian growers We're just poking fun because like, we'll go into grocery stores and they'll be like, oh my God, fucking Floridians, man. And they just, they, they, they make fun of us though. But uh, um, there's a group that just, that nobody can speak English. So they just hand this photocopied piece of paper with the recipe. It's like the <laughs> yep. seven gallon dirt bucket crew from Miami. And they just had this recipe and they just hand it to the guys and they're like, you know, open up the wallet and give them the money. And uh, it's very, very interesting, man. So anyway, I don't know how I got off on that. But it is very interesting. (laughs) I was hanging out with my buddy. I dealt with them. I was hanging out with my buddy and he's telling me. Four seven fifties in his eight by eight room. Okay, and one. So wait, yes, you got to you know seven fifties. Get a little. Not everybody. I'm sorry. Four seven hundred fifty watt HPSs. I believe he's. No, those got to be. Are those double ended? He's using a Gavitas. Are Gavitas are they double ended? I thought Gavitas seven fifty was double ended. I'm pretty sure because they Gavita had a six hundred watt HID bulb for a little bit. I think, but Hmm. I'm pretty sure the Gavita seven fifties are double ended. Okay, fair enough. All I can tell you is this is you know this is in front of a gross store, man. You got to take it. You take what you can get. Get the details. I don't know if you're talking (laughs) motorcycles seven fifty. What like you know four Ninja seven fifties. Okay. All right, man. He had four seven fifties in each corner, you know, or whatever over, over each, you know, in a four by or in an eight by eight room, and one one thousand watt metal halide, and he's getting eight pounds out of that room, man. Now, how do you what's awesome the one? quality, man? Huge. I saw his at week five. What it looks. Does he like. rotate his plants? No, he's just got that one in the middle on a vertizontal reflector. Wait, does, does <laughs> vertizontal? Does that just mean bare bulb? I don't know what vertizontal means, but I was like, did you say horizontal? And then he goes, no. I was like, because I've heard of vertical and I've heard of horizontal, but I haven't heard of vertizontal before, man. Yeah, I haven't either. It's just a diagonal bulb. I would think that's what it must mean, but they have a word for that already. It's called diagonal. I always, just when I hear that configuration, Uh, that's getting great yield for sure. Yeah, Um, eight pounds out of that room, man. You got to be getting some plants that have different attributes on corners of them or a certain area if he (laughs) never moves the plants, you know, because obviously some plants are getting more of that thousand watt halide. I guess you're right. Maybe he could move the plants. Not that that's a bad thing. It's not like it's creating a a problem. But it's giving you more spectrum, though. It's giving you a whole, I think that's going to really increase your quality. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I just thought that was interesting, bro. I thought about getting into those at one point, the 750 uh, DEs, because I don't need the Thowies. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. Um, but now we got the beast going. So think about what he did, though, man. He traded 250 watts on each over each, you know, on each hood or whatever for one 1,000 in the middle. Yeah. You know, so he's still yeah. only running 4,000 watts. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Definitely cool. All right. That's it, man. That's I'm going to take a nap now, man. Show's over. <laughs> That's what I got. All right. Well, then let's go to, uh, why don't we hang out here and do uh, Jeff the Chef 420. Jeff the 420 Chef. I don't know why you named it like that. I think either way it works. I always, you know, just like Sherlock and uh, Undershade. I don't know don't who's say who. those guys together anymore, please. No, uh, no. Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an ever-ending thing. Anyway. So, yeah, let's do that, man. Let's throw it in here, guys. Enjoy. Um, good time hanging. We'll be back. I still got a little bit of what's growing on, what's going on in our grows. Yeah. And uh, enjoy. Get a little high yeah. right now. Yeah, I like this guy, man. I'm cooking. I'm cooking for Christmas. We put in the time and we grew the birds. 
perfect harvest Went out to have fun After harvest time But when will I learn The buds that grow the largest Still holding some water May still need some time Just back that shit up We'll be gone for just a bit All I know is When I woke up the next day It was shit They were trying when I left to What's up, guys? Hanging out today with none other, Jeff, the 420 chef. Is that your preferred name and culture? Name that it. is, that is. <laughs> Nomenculture? <laughs> what? Yeah. A name and culture. Name I and, like that. I make my own words sometimes, Jeff, so it's part of the fun of the podcast. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, we, we were just joking before we got started here. I didn't. Even, we don't even exactly recall how we came about the hangout here today, but uh, Jeff's got a great site, jeffthe420chef.com. Seems like you're rather fully engraved in uh, cooking. Spe- no, I know engraved isn't the right word, man. Engrossed. <laughs> there you go, man. I'm willing to it's help you a, out here, like brother. There you go. Part. Yeah, engrossed makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, engraving is when you carve shit into shit, yeah, man. Ingrained. I am deep Ooh, into it, ingrained. So. Oh, guru came through. All right. Cooking with cannabis. And more specifically, it seems like you are a fan of the butter. Yeah, you know, I make my own artisan uh, can of butters and can of oils. I think it's really important uh, to do that. And more importantly is I teach people how to do it themselves. You know, I I cook myself and cook for a few people that ask me to cook for them. But, you know, now with legalization and people being able to get the herb and a lot of people don't really want to smoke it or vape it. And they're like, all right, well, what do I do with this? Um, I'm teaching them how to actually use the herb that they purchase for themselves, for whatever they're treating, you know, whether it's anxiety or it's, you know, as serious as cancer. Um, but they can, you know, use the herb and figure out how to make butters and oils and dose properly and cook with it and just, you know, have a really good time with it and uh, medicate the right way. Yeah, definitely see that. In, you're interesting, what I, I like um, with hearing, you have, Jeff has a podcast as well. It's a very informative pod, uh, website, but your podcast as well. I was listening to one of those, and you believe in like the micro dosing, man, where too many people take on edibles too quick. Um, yeah. And I'm like, you know, you don't want to have that contest, like, right, Scotty, where it's like, I don't know, you eat that half, man. <laughs> no, 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 I'm man. good. Like, but I am concerned about micro dosing. I still want to get high. It's Are just, we getting high here? People, yeah, like, yeah, you're getting okay, high. Okay. You know, I mean, how many of you, how many, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people. I know that most of the people that I speak to and a lot of my listeners, they've all had a really bad experience with edibles. And that's because it hasn't been dosed properly. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm buying a cookie. And, you know, they're like, well, it's not going to hurt to, you know, have a little more of the cookie because I'm not really feeling anything. And, if you know, overdosing people... all your friends a really bad experience on edibles? 
So sorry. Yeah, really. One. Yeah, yeah, really bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's it's really you know you you really want to make sure that people have a great experience, right? And, it's, it's you know, great, man. I mean, the craziest thing is you go into a dispensary these days and they're going to sell you a cookie that's 150 milligrams. Are you kidding me? They got the 500 I mean, milligram incredible, incredible. Yeah, what are they? Incredible bars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah those incredible. Yeah, and I, I, I actually have those here. Um, I'll cook with a lot of that stuff as well, but I, just, I don't like the danky taste. And um, one of the things that I figured out is uh, low dosing not only provides a much better experience. But it also helps provide a much better taste experience. You know, the more potent your butter and oil, obviously, the dankier it's going to taste. See, that's and- debatable because I just made some. Uh, you know, I don't know if you'll cringe or whatever, but I had <laughs> I got my hands on a magical butter machine and I just infused some coconut oil, and I did. I put it, pushed it through a one ninety micron screen bag, and I got some of the the green. I can see some stuff settling out in the bottom of my coconut oil jar. And I definitely still there's cannabis taste in there. And when I actually added a teaspoon of it into my chai something drink this sure. morning, and mm-hmm. I like the the attributes of of the, the taste. I could taste the cannabis with sure. some things. I think I have had. I hear you. You have that chocolate chip cookie. You're like, man, it tastes a lot like something else. I can hardly right, right, taste right, the right. cannabis. But I think but some you know, the, good flavors the, the in cannabis. Is, yeah, you know the other thing that I also you know is. Uh, when you are medicating with cannabis, you unless you're going to do a whole meal, you don't want everything to have that taste in it. Good point. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's all got so, that tinge of uh, yeah, a little earthy. It'll be dragged across yeah. the floor a little bit, man. <laughs> I think with something like chai tea, it's great because you know it'll complement the flavor of the chai. Sure. And can- cannabis can complement a lot of spicy flavors. You know, I actually happen to love using the actual cannabis leaves in salads. You know, and I'll use that, but then I'll do um, really like a fan leaf. Like you'll yeah, chop yeah. it into five leaves. You get it? Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Really? So, what do you find in that in a salad? I've never done that. That sparks. I mean, obviously, there's some health benefits there. Probably, you know people do whole plant juicing and shit sure. like that, or juice yeah. leaves. Does it add a pretty interesting? What kind of flavor are you getting? It really does. It's like it's a peppery. It's like an herbaceous peppery flavor. I love it. And I love putting it, you know, some of my salads and freaking people out. You know, you put it in uh, with a salad with arugula and it complements arugula really well. And that's going to be zero psychoactive effect as far as like, I mean, if somebody's like, look, I don't want to get high. You're like, no, man, this is just, you know, to add. I only put it in your salad, dude. Yeah, (laughs) You're not going to get high. Right. So the, the, the actual leaf is not psychoactive, you know, unless you obviously, you know, smoke it or decarb it. And then it doesn't have that much uh, trichomes on it and stuff. Um, but more importantly, um, you know, I mean, it's a great taste. But if you uh, use salad dressing and you're going to uh, actually infuse the dressing with the salad oil, like, you know, a, a cannabis infused coconut oil or olive oil that I like to use. Right. Um, that's when they're going to get, you know, high from it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. The oil will, will activate it. Yeah, and it's a quick high, and it's a quick kick in. Um, salad dressings and anything with, you know, like a liquid kick in is, um, it, it acts much faster than something like, you know, a, a denser food item, like a cookie or a brownie, you know, or anything else that, you know, you really have to digest, digest. first. Sure. Yeah. Now, you have a step in making your, uh, we don't have to get into the full process or process, depending on where you're from. Whoa. But, uh, you can uh, – I forgot what it's called, but I was listening where you're actually doing something with hot water, right, and putting flour material um, to get heavy metals out? Well, it's not hot water. It's actually distilled water. So what I do is um, for two or three days before I actually make my can of butter or can of oil, I'll take the herb and I'll soak it in distilled water. Now, is this water. dried, fresh? What, what? Yeah, it's, it's dried herb. You grind it up. Same way you grind it to smoke it. Instead of smoking it, you put it into a French press. Uh, then you fill that French press with uh, distilled water. 
and you change out the water about every 12 hours and you'll notice that the first 12 hours that you have it in there the water is really danky it'll be it'll be brown or green or you know sometimes even close to black it's really disgusting all those water solubles are coming off it yeah yeah everything that you don't want you know the chlorophyll um, okay, so it's not just heavy metals. Mike, my, my, I was going to be like, well, hey, what if I'm, you know, I, I'm pretty confident in my growing and I'm not using any no, heavy metal. No, it's the chlorophyll. There's, when, we, when you have cannabis, there's stuff that's soluble in water and there's stuff that's soluble in alcohol. That's why yeah. you can't use anything but 100% alcohol or else or you get fat. a total. Yeah. Or get, high fat, right? Okay, cool. Here, you lead, brother. <laughs> you yeah, lead, yeah, yeah, sir. Yeah, no, no, so you're right. So, you know, so you need, you need either a solvent or a high fat to be able to remove the trichomes from the bud and from the leaf. So the you know the trichomes are water are hydrophobic, so they're going to stick to the leaf in water. Um, but the kind the trichomes are the most important thing because that's what houses your cannabinoids, your THC and CBD. Um, the issue is that you lose your terpenes, which is a whole different conversation. We can touch on that in a minute if you want. But um, you t- typically people are, are very uh, they're interested in preserving THC. And also CBD if they're medicating, you know, mm-hmm. with CBD. Sure. And the um, the water, the distilled water specifically. Uh, other water, you know, regular water has fluoride and other kind of crap in it. You don't really want. So you want to use distilled water, and that distilled water will leach out all of those water soluble um, elements or compounds in the plant. So you're talking about the chlorophyll, and then God forbid any insecticides or heavy metals or anything like that. You know, it doesn't take them all out, but it takes most of them out, and then. You know, the final process, once you have um, soaked in distilled water for two to three days, then I do something called blanching to finish the process, which is um, putting it in a tea strainer and then dipping that tea strainer in boiling water for about five minutes, letting it, you know, pretty much, you know, boil out anything else. And again, um, the trichomes will not be affected. I know so many people are like, man, you're ruining it. You're ruining yeah, my yeah. ganja. Oh, man. <laughs> I've heard it a lot. You know, I'm like, all right, well, let's see how you like it after you taste it. I'm like, oh, shit, this works. Okay, yeah, well, that's purifying really it is what you're doing. <laughs> that's a pretty unique uh, yeah. process. And you guys can see if you want to get into it deeper over on your site, it looks like you even got like a $99 kit with pretty much everything you need in it to get yeah, to, much, to do yeah. this process, which when you look at the price of some other things out there, um, I'm actually going to probably have to to try that out. I'm in, I've only first made this uh, coconut oil because I want to ingest more, not just smoke for, I believe you're going to get different health benefits from different forms of getting cannabis into your system. Um, that being said, I've, I came up with kind of hopefully a unique question in what would be the quickest way I'm trying to, to, to dose. So like I start my morning when I'm trying to dial in um, the concentration I, I like with this coconut oil I made. And I'm like, okay, I should start on a fairly empty stomach Maybe eat a banana or something light with it and then have some coconut oil. But what about for people that don't want to wait potentially that hour and a half? There's a lot of factors here. What's in your gut? How fast is your metabolism going? But is there a quicker way than others to feel the effects of eating or taking in cannabis orally? Uh, yeah, you know, when it, when, it, you know, when it comes to edibles and, and oral ingestion, um, you know, I feel that at least it's worked for, for me and people that I cook for. When I do, for example, a drink before an event, so I have the 420 Irish cream, for example. So there's no alcohol in it, even though I use bail, even though I use um, Jameson, um, I boil off the alcohol content, and then I'll put in, uh, I use uh, infused chocolate. And if you know about Bailey's Irish cream, it's very much like a Bailey's Irish cream. So that's really just coffee and chocolate liqueur with cream. So what I do is I take out the alcohol from it and I infuse it with an infused chocolate. Because it's a liquid, it takes shorter for it to kick in. See, now does the heat play in there? I've sworn when I put like my 
Like, if I've even done just infused butter on top of a coffee before, or coconut oil on mm-hmm. coffee, a hot drink, that mm-hmm. that gets it, that somehow makes it happen quicker. Is there heat that works that is helping an edible get in your system, or does it, it's not decarbing it more or anything, but... Mm, I don't know about that. You know, I mean, I've never tried that. It's definitely, you know, an interesting thought. Maybe the heat opens up, you know, the... Um, I guess the cells in your body, the same way, you know, putting, you know, a, a hot compress on something, you know, sort of like it opens up your pores or whatever. Okay. It might be the same thing. That might be a great way to do it. That's that's fantastic. I mean, or never just, thought of it. Or just the heat, idea. heat speeds up all pretty much all biological processes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Hey, man, do you mind if I jump in real quick? Go ahead. I just just curious, man. Is there something you see as you as you seem like you teach a lot of people, uh, you know, how, how to use cannabis as edibles or how to make edibles? Is there some fundamental like a one thing that you have to tell everybody, like a a one mistake that everybody seems to make, whether it's you know too too much heat or you know putting too much in, or is there something that you just would would want to tell us as a first starter? Yeah, there's two things that I tell everybody. Beautiful. One is decarb, decarb, decarb. You always have to decarb your bud before you infuse it into butter or oil. Ah, that you makes sense. It. Now, are you decarbing? Fr- I didn't. Are you decarbing fresh or, or dried all the time? Have you ever? Is there? I, I always decarb after I cure. So what I okay. do is I cure it, I take out as much of the taste as possible, then I dry and decarb all in one step. And, you know, you put it in the oven for, let's say, you know, uh, 240 for an hour. Sometimes if you haven't squeezed out enough of the moisture, it'll still stay damp. So you really have to dry it out. But it really, that's all it really takes is uh, either 240 for an hour if you have the time. If you don't have the time, you can do a rush decarb. That I would did like 40 minutes. So I don't know. Minutes. 40, yeah. yeah, 240 at 40. So I was hearing that there's different degrees of what if you're more after – the CBD, you go longer, or if you're more after this I effect, smell you some go bullshit. I, yeah, I, yeah don't I don't know about that. I think, well, they, they, I, I could see where it might be coming from because um, what happens is THC evaporates at a lower temperature than CBD. So THC evaporates at about 365 degrees Fahrenheit, and CBD starts to evaporate at 395 degrees. But when you're decarbing in the 200s, you shouldn't have any issues with that. Right. So, you know, I don't really know. You know, maybe they're thinking, oh, well, it's in CBD. You know, it's uh, it evaporates at a higher temperature. You can leave it in longer. But there are a lot of studies online uh, that you can do. And I did a lot of experimenting when I first started out about five years ago, just trying to figure out where I would get the biggest bang for my buck. And I took the same strain. And I decarbed it, and I made butter and oil with that same strain. And I, I decarbed it in different um, uh, different temperatures and different times. Right. And there were two magical numbers for me. One was 300, uh, 300 degrees at for 20 minutes when I was in a real rush. And I was like, oh, it works. It's pretty good. It's not as powerful as the 240 for an hour. Okay. But it works. Okay, I'll have now, to go a little longer like, next time, I think. Um, and, yeah, that's like I said, my goals are to uh, – it's not always to make the strongest thing, but uh, – just trying to learn here. And actually, we had, sure. I told you we had a question in from our crew. Well, hang on. He only yeah. gave us one. Oh, good point. Thank you for catching oh. that. Yeah, the number two thing <laughs> that you tell. Oh, okay. The number two thing that I tell everybody is never cook uh, edibles above 350 degrees. You should always stick at 340. And the reason I tell them that is because ovens that are not commercial ovens that have not been calibrated properly, most ovens have a 20 to 25 degree fluctuation. Ah. So, you know, you might be thinking you're baking at 350, but it might go up to 375 to bring it back. So down calibration can be used so. simply enough with just one of those thermometers you put in an oven. No, he's just saying they're, yeah, you they're not. Yeah, you totally do that. But, you know, I'd say that 340 is a safe number. Yeah, stay and, below. And so what would you say a THC starts the, the grading at? 
365. Yeah, whoa, that's a little too close to 350 for me, homeboy. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, with that little dial oven. Almost at the dial. Yeah, you don't want to screw it up, right? Mm. So we had one of our, our listeners chime in, coincidentally, actually, Northeast Nugs, man. He was talking about, and I see this, I have these same questions with coconut oil as well, but he's talking can of butter storage. So when you put it in the fridge, you know, you get a solidification happening. And let's say you want to take out some more. What if can they microwave it if they're going to want to heat? No. Okay. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I was thinking the same thing, but like because they're worried, you know, they want to use it for recipe. So the best thing is probably to take it out to room temp and let it do its thing. Or how would you well, suggest? Well, you don't even have to do that. I mean, it's really simple. You take whatever you need out of it. You put it into a little dish and put that dish in hot water. Just you know, let it. You know, as long as the hot water is lower than or like on the oven on just warm, not oven like a stove top on just the slightest warm. mm, Yeah, you could do that, but I would suggest that you, if you do it on a stove top, take a little bit of water, put it in a pot, then take whatever you're putting it in, like a little tiny dish or a little glass thing, whatever. Just stick it in the water, just to make sure that you don't burn it. Because if you just put it by itself into a pot and you put it a flame underneath it, there's a good possibility you're going to burn it. Yeah, that whole water just gives you a buffer, so no matter what, yeah. it's not getting above 212 yeah. degrees. Yeah, you know? it'll just sort of just like very slowly. I, I do it all the time. That's how I do it. I melt it. Um, but something else that um, your question brings up is um, really has to do with the cannabinoids and the suspension of the cannabinoids in the butter and the uh, coconut oil. Anything that solidifies, like butter or coconut oil, when it solidifies, the cannabinoids are going to be all throughout that. You might have a heavier concentration towards the bottom as it's solidifying, right. and you may have a lighter concentration at the top. So anything that you cook with, whether it's can of butter or can of oil, um, if you're using the can of butter um, for cookies, for example, um, I would just use it straight, You know, bring it to room temperature, and then whip it up. You know, you have to cream the butter to make your cookies, et cetera. You'll be fine. Now, is the fridge or freezer better for storage? The, or? Uh, the fridge is fine. I, I don't know. Freezer, fridge, um, I prefer the fridge. Um, but when it comes to coconut oil, because of the, um, the, the density and the way the coconut oil you know, hardens and then um, sort of like uh, you know, it melts down very easily, right. I always suggest putting that in some you know, warmer hot water to melt it down and then stir it up so that you're getting you – know, basically your cannabinoids are being evenly distributed because when it's in the refrigerator, they're settling and the suspension is, is not – it's not keeping it suspended where it's supposed to be. Oh, got man. It. I got a big old quart jar in the fridge right now, so I basically need to oh, you're get, get bottom's that. The bottom going to be That's what I'm saying. Fuck, man. <laughs> I should probably yeah. <laughs> get it all liquefied and then put it into individual serving jars or something. Yeah, yeah, that would be a great way to do it, you know, and then and to refrigerate those and just, you know, do it right after you mix it. See, so you're pretty sure that you've got an equal equal amounts in it. Make an ice cube tray. That's what I'm thinking. I like <laughs> yeah, I, I want yeah, little butter pads. And then you can just something. drop just, drop an ice yeah. cube into your coffee of the <laughs> there there we go. Do you guys do the um the the um uh, bulletproof coffee? I do not know. Uh-huh. Well, we've heard of bulletproof coffee mainly yeah. by like Joe Rogan. Yeah, didn't he push Rogan that a little bit? Was that butter? I do put the can of butter in in my coffee. I'll do that. But right. I... So if you take grass fed can of butter and whip it into your coffee, that's that's the uh, well. I always have to have good coffee. You know, you've got to get like um, I know the guy that Sounds does it. His name is Dave Asprey, and um, he has something called upgraded coffee, which doesn't have any mycotoxins in it, and it's really it's a superfood. And then you put the grass fed butter into that, and it's supposed to uh, pretty much stick on. On the uh, on the cortex of your brain for a lot longer than other uh, coffee <laughs> like does, huh. whatever. And uh, I just put cannabis in it too, so I put can of butter. I make I make all my can of butters with you know uh, Kerrygold grass fed butter anyway. So it's just cannabinizing his uh, uh, yeah. his uh, 
bulletproof coffee. Hell yeah, that's dope. <laughs> yeah, I like way it. To do it. Uh, I was weekend. Like, <laughs> so, do you smoke as well, or no? I mean, how did you get into you know your passion for edibles here? I can see on your site. I mean, you have, you got recipes. This is your livelihood. This is what you do. <laughs> Uh, you make me hungry when you talk about how you're cooking and making infused chocolate into coffees and. Um, Sorry, I know you don't smoke. I know this, but you should be the anim- you should be the 420 <laughs> chef, though. Yeah, I bet you do, man. I'd be surprised. Well, first all of right? all, I have to smoke. You know, I mean, and I'll tell you why I have to smoke because I have to test every strain that I use. Mm, I have to test. There you go. And I'm like, okay, how does it make me feel when I smoke it? Yeah. And then how does it make me feel when I eat it? And something that I found is, you know, terpenes are really important, obviously. And when you're cooking with cannabis, you lose the terpenes for the most part. Um, I don't care what anybody says, you know, whether I'm losing it because I'm doing my processing or it's being lost in the cooking. Right. When you cook anything above 214 degrees with terpenes, the terpenes evaporate. So there's no terpenes after 214 degrees. Oh, so the man. only way to really. <laughs> but. The good news is that terpenes are terpenes, and you can reintroduce terpenes into a food or a meal. So ah. let's just take, for example, um, uh, let's say I'm going to make a, uh, I don't know, let's let's think of a pizza, right? I want to do a pizza, and I'm going to make that pizza with um, uh, this aioli that I make that, you know, like a, like a, um, a buffalo aioli. That Where's this guy at, man? Because I'm coming over, dude. <laughs> Scott's dying. I'm he coming has, over. He skipped lunch today, I think. He's like he's over here I'm, drooling. Go, I'm go listening, I man. I'm all ears. But anyway, so you know, so let's say I make this pizza and you've got your THC and your CBD and the aioli, but you're losing, you lost your terpenes, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'll then do is if I know that the strain I have has the terpene pinene in it, then I'll take basil and pine nuts and make a nice pesto. And I put some pesto on top of that pizza as well. So now you're getting the pining terpenes alongside the THC and CBD um, characteristics of the strain that I used for the pizza. So the same. So I'm introducing it back in. So you could use like if you were going to make like orange cookies or whatever, like orange zest on top of it for the lemonine. Yeah, yeah, lemonine. Yeah, exactly. So it's not going to be obviously exactly the same as the cannabis, but you're trying to mimic what. Well, no, the terpene will be chemically the exact same. Right, chemically. And you you can get you can get the entourage effect from all of them. Oh, the entourage effect! I forgot. Yeah. So how did when your douchebag friends hang out with you and smoke all your weed? All right. So part two of my question. Was yeah. What what brought you passionately into all this with the butter and cooking? And I mean, was there somebody you were helping with an ailment? Was it just hey, this is obviously cannabis is cool? Um, did you know how to cook before? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd always been a cook, right? I, okay. you know, I just, I, actually, I'll tell you, I was not um, doing anything, you know, professionally cooking wise, you know, up until five years ago. Um, you know, I was uh, executive vice president of an underwear company, a very large underwear company, actually doing all their marketing. And, uh, is it the underwear that's fun to wear? Yeah, it's oh. all the underwear that's fun to wear. <laughs> but anyway, so a friend of mine's mom got sick, and um, she had a medical marijuana prescription. She didn't want to smoke, didn't know what to do with it. And I'm like, well, you know what? I remember college. Let's make some brownies for her. And we made some brownies for her, and they were horrible. They were really <laughs> you know? And she's like, all right, well, this isn't going to work. And I'm like, right. you know what? Let me do a little experimentation. And you know, it took me a while, but I, I realized that the reason why she didn't like them was two reasons. One, that tasted terrible. And two, I didn't know how to dose properly. And I'm like, well, how the hell do I do this? So I really you know, jumped into it and I said, all right, if I could figure out how to take out the taste 
And one of her friends actually challenged me. The guy was like, if you can take out the taste and figure out how to dose this properly, you're onto something really big. So I took that as a challenge, and it was a hobby at the time. And every time I flew out to California, at the time I lived in New York, um, I'd fly out to California, and I'd visit, you know, and I'd take the cannabis that they had, and we'd make butter and oil out of it. And I started realizing that there were ways to minimize the taste or neutralize the taste and came out with, you know, come up with some really cool ways to clean the bud because I realized that by not cleaning the bud, that's where you got a lot of that terrible taste from. But if I took out the taste by cleaning the bud, at least I had something that was edible and um, just kept, you know, building on that experience until at one point uh, I made these cupcakes that didn't taste like anything at all except the cupcake. And I was like, what? This is crazy. So I had one and I uh, didn't think it worked because I couldn't taste anything. And two hours later, I was like at Walgreens in the snack aisle going, what the fuck am I doing? Oh, like, it's what? working. <laughs> yeah. <Check> again. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, I told a friend of mine, he, he hooked me up with this guy. Um, his name is Justin Jones, who wrote for the Daily Beast at the time. And uh, he was thinking of doing an article on cannabis. And I said, try one of my cupcakes and see what you think. And he's like, oh, if you don't mind. Uh, I'm going to write an article about you, and I'll tell you how I like it in the article. And I was like, oh, shit, all right. Pressure's <laughs> on. The, you know? <laughs> so I was like, all right, let's see what happens. And uh, about a week later, the article came out, Meet the Julia Child of Weed. Ah, I love it, man. Yeah. I love and it. That was the beginning of everything. And from that point on, I was really pushed into figuring out dosing properly and really taking out, you know, making sure the taste, my, you know, process for taking out the taste sure. really worked well. And that was, you know, the beginning of it all. Awesome, man. It's good to hear. I got two more quick questions. We'll get ready to wrap it up and hopefully get you back on. I mean, I've only tipped on the, you know, a lot of questions that come out of this. Um, but people out there, do you have, I always tell it depends just because a strain works for one person for this reason, doesn't mean it's going to work for you necessarily, but do you have like a favorite strain for that you'd recommend for pain or a favorite strain for sleep? Are there some that are so evident that you're like, look, this one is usually a, a go-to. Yeah, I, I actually do. Um, I am a huge fan of Harlequin. Harlequin is a strain that is a high CBD, uh, low THC, but not minimal THC. So there are strains, for example, for pain um, that and also help that help seizures that are very high CBD and minuscule THC because you need that THC to pretty much break through the blood-brain barrier. So kids that are suffering from seizures or, you know, chemotherapy pain and stuff like that, um, you'll give them something like um, uh, Charlotte's Web or ACDC. You know, those are the high CBDs. Right. But my favorite strain uh, for pain for, you know, for adults and specifically for women, by the way, is a strain called Harlequin because the, the books aren't bad either. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's how they get the name for the books. I don't know, but um, who knows? Whoever was writing it, maybe she was smoking Harlequin. But it it actually is a really great strain for pain, and it also works for insomnia. I mean, it's one of my favorite strains on the planet because it's mild enough that you can really enjoy it, and it takes away uh, the pain. Is there a certain uh, breeder or, or genetic company that you recommend out of curiosity, or how have you, did you get you get your hands on it by cut or? Um, I get most of my stuff clones. I, I buy okay. all my clones from Harborside up in Oakland. I'll take a oh, trip nice. up to Oakland specifically, you know, to uh, to get my clones. And you know, now I've got you know a bunch of plants here that I'm growing from those clones, and I'm cloning those clones. You know, so it works out well. Yeah. And um, I just started getting into seeds. And um, I don't know if you know about Veganics and, you know, Kyle Cushman, obviously, uh -huh. um, you know, he's got a really he's got a great new line of um, nutrients that are out there as well. Vega Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vega, yeah, that's and it's amazing. It's really incredible. And 
um, you know, just going through the process of growing and learning how these plants are so individual and they're so different in the way you grow. And you guys know this, you're the growers, you know, I mean, there's just so much that goes into each one of these. Um, I feel that, um, you know, working from seed or great clones is the best way to go. Heck yeah, I like that recommendation as far as being a good strain. Now, what about a strain that you just want to go, uh, I don't know, the opposite with? Uh, one more out of curiosity. Which just is, my favorite sativa. In the house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, lately my favorite sativa is something called Candyland. Okay. Yeah, we're familiar sure. with Candyland. Yeah, we grew that yeah, for a while. Yeah, I love Candyland, and it's really got me going. And also, I, there's another one um, that I really enjoy called, um, what is it, Canna uh, Sutra? <laughs> I believe I have heard of that. I know of every strain out there, actually. Yeah, right. yeah Canna Sutra <laughs> is really great for a lot of different things, and I can only tell you that um, I've never needed Viagra, but if I ever did, I would go to the Canna Sutra. Whoa. <laughs> Something tells uh, me it's already sold out. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm Very... telling you, I went back like two days after I bought it to buy another quarter, and the guy goes, "This is all that's left. You can have it." Oh, and he a... had he at least had a few ounces there when I went the first day. He can just Word name another fast another strain that it's the placebo effect or something. Regardless, Jeff the <laughs> Chef four twenty or Jeff the four twenty Chef dot com guys. Go get uh, some education on. Show some support, man. You got a book. You have the $99 kit to get into doing this your way. The main difference, like I noticed, like I said, I don't see too many people blanching or being so concerned with getting rid of everything. Water-soluble. Yeah, so you have a pure end product. And as well as, man, you do cool shit. Like I see you got like a dinner coming up hosted out in uh, L.A., yeah. Um, that you're going to be cooking at. That's awesome. I'm sure you... we need to get them here for our 420 yeah, event, man. We have a 420 <laughs> event here once a year, man. I need to get you out here cooking some, oh, uh, I would love some it. can so of much... crepes, man. Let's do it on the air. There Deal. you go. There you Deal. go. That, that'd be a lot of fun. You know, also, you know, my cookbook, um, the 424 May, um, it's the only cookbook on the planet that not only teaches you how to make, you know, light tasting can of butter and can of oil, but it also teaches you how to figure out the dosing. And um, yeah, mention that real quick. You talked about something you just came up with uh, to to be able to help with dosing. This is one of those give it to your cat type of things, is it? And no, 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 no. Okay. I invented something called the THC CBD calculator, and you can access it through my website, you know, jeff420chef.com. Just click on the tab that says THC calculator, and it just asks you for a few pieces of information, like, you know, um, how, you know, uh, the weight of the bud that you're infusing, the amount of butter, uh, you know, the final weight after you've dried and decarbed it, and the percentage of uh, THC. Um, is hopefully you know that, or your dispensary sure. um, will tell you what that percentage is. But then you'll be able to figure out how potent per serving. Each everything that you make is, and, and I, I don't have to be the calculator anymore. That's but. like PPFD. I'm pretty sure you use Avogadro's number for that, right? No, I okay. don't. No, it's sweet. I'm on your site right now. It's just uh, you got your inputs here. You put in your inputs, mm-hmm. and, uh, and by the way, it's, it counts for loss. Nobody's ever really accounted for loss. So let's start with the first time that you grind your bud before you even start curing it and you put it into the water and all that other stuff. As right. soon as you grind your bud, you're losing thirty percent of your trichomes. What? So you, yeah, yeah. What do you think keef is? That's, yeah, man. That's what, that's your loss, and you're not putting that keef into your butter or oil. Jesus. That's all sitting on the bottom of your grinder. Hmm. You know, so you've got loss when you grind. You've got loss when you, you know, when you process it. So you know, you may think that if you've got a 25% strain, you're gonna have 250 milligrams uh, per, you know, per gram, but it's not that at all. Um, there's a lot of loss. And uh, that's one of the things that the calculator does for you is it, it actually calculates the uh, average loss 
uh, in each step of the process so that you can actually say, okay, now I understand why I'm feeling this way and how come my butter is not as potent as I thought it was, um, then you can do, dose it a lot easier. Homeboy's thought of a lot, man. He might have yes. thought of everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, each recipe in the cookbook, if you're lazy, will tell you how many milligrams per serving um, based on the percentage of THC or CBD sure. um, in your, you know, in the in your bud, but it'll give you a 10%, 15%, and 20% um, number, so you can at least guesstimate it if you don't want to go through the trouble of, you know, typing the numbers into the website. <laughs> I like this guy, dude. Hell like yeah, we'll hook it back up, guys. Check it all out over there, Jeff. The sh- the 420 Chef. Dot com. And uh, appreciate you hanging out, man. Hold the line for a second here. We'll be us for just a minute. And you guys will be right back with more A Dude Growth Show. Awesome. Right. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Oh, hell yeah, man. Thanks for doing <laughs> what you do. Yeah, yes. great chatting with you guys. A lot of fun. Everybody's ready to eat some weed or what? Oh, man. Oh, man. The dude just looks over at me. I had my handsome look going. Dude says, are you in pain? <laughs> it's not good when you're about the camera's about to fire up and you think you look okay and somebody asks if you're in pain. <laughs> you look like you're <laughs> striking a pose. <laughs> Let me show you my blue steel. That's, this is called Robo Scott right here. Okay? Gotcha. <laughs> I had one more item of business in my what's going on so this was a uh correction or a comment autoflower steve chiming in says hey dude and scotty and this is because before we talked about uh, autoflowers and he says for the record wait was this about autoflowers or this was about hemp i don't know because let me read it and we'll know i think this was about when i was trying to understand hemp i think you're right yeah for the record Ruderalis and hemp are not even close to the same thing, except for their low THC amounts. Okay. Ruderalis does not grow naturally in the U.S. It is only found in the mountainous regions of Europe okay. and Mexico. So hang on a second. So that's where I was confused. I was thinking that it was Ruderalis that when you're like uh, driving through Nebraska that you see. That's just wild hemp is what that is. Those aren't autoflowers. Ruderalis is the autoflower, and that's I think it is from Russia or something, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> what happened? He said, and I didn't research his answer here, but yeah. it's funny. You, he said it's from mountainous regions of Europe and Mexico. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Mountainous and regions of Europe. some other places. Okay. That sounds Russia to me, man. It's from the Ural Mountains. It's like the border between Europe yeah, and Russia. Yeah, Europe, Asia, Eurasia. Uh, but definitely not in the U.S. Also... At the elevation Ruderalis grows naturally, it would be impossible for natural pollination to occur on someone's outdoor crop. So, Yeah, I'm confused, but... Let's say this is Ruderalis was only discovered by chance about 15 years ago. 
The guy with the bag seed just smoked some dank autoflower that had some seed. That's all. I don't know if I remember exactly what we were. I don't understand, about. but I remember in 1994 in the back of the uh, uh, High Times Cannabis Cup catalog. Not High Times Cannabis. I'm sorry, the Sensi Seed Bank catalog. I went to Amsterdam and got one. Uh-huh. They had Ruderalis strains in there. They were new, but they had them in the back. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. He's saying if he's saying the elevation ruderalis grows naturally, it would be impossible for natural pollination on someone's outdoor crop. I don't know if it grows so high that it, the uh, temperatures affect pollination or I what that no exactly idea. means. But yeah, I, I appreciate. He, the I think feedback. he's just saying that naturally it wouldn't cross with cannabis. Okay, he's saying because I don't think there's any uh, like native cannabis plants to where it grows, so it's never going to actually just self cross with another cannabis plant. It'd have to be taken away and then crossed with it. Gotcha. Deal. Well, well, the important thing is I got it wrong. Yes. <laughs> hey, man, you guys can chime in anytime. Like yeah, like I said, some info if we're not spewing out. Some, or if we're if we if we need to be informed, inform us. Yeah, absolutely. If we're man. talking ignorance. Let us know. We're trying to ask the right questions and then find all y'all to give us the right answers. So, Autoflower Steve, thanks for uh, thanks for checking me, brother. All right, so we're going to talk about what we're smoking real quick. Deal. I mean, we did talk about we were smoking the Sueño. And hey, let's give a little bit of respect, man. Beautiful, beautiful work, man. Anything you want to tell us about that? Whip that bag out. Where's that fucking bag? We're on video, man. Uh, it is down in my bag. My oh, bag's in my man. other bag. So what What did you do to that, man? How come that turned out so good? Is that Spectrum King weed? Uh, mainly be running, yeah, under the SK lights. Funny enough, the other day I was uh, at another undisclosed location and talking about i was asking a buddy it's like man i have some of that uh extra flow you are you interested in you know i'll trade i'll trade you out some or what he's like was it grown under led because he's oh, seen yeah full he's spectrum seen, man. he's seen that that under there and yeah that was grown that was sueno grown under the spectrum king 400 pluses i haven't harvested yet under, under the 600 pluses uh but yeah the spectrum's kicking butt and that definitely um you know i don't really change anything else up in my regimen in that room so i'm using the same the same shit and whatnot but that's what we were smoking earlier. I've been having, I even brought Scott some, like I said, some of that coconut oil. I started off, I, I think I got my dose, my working man's dose. Right. Uh, people be like, what do you do? What do you call your, people, when they say working man, what do you think when you say a working man? Like, do you think a guy that's like laying brick or some shit? Yeah, he's got to have a hard hat. Or like a hard hat. He's got to drive a pickup truck. A metal truck. lunch bo- box with a, you know, standing metal. on a steel girder. Yes. At 300 feet in the air. Hey, man, that's, uh, oh, man, come on. The guy that started the uh, Google Plus group for us, man. Golly, why can't I think of his name right now? But that's what Working he does, man. man. That, no, that's what he does, man. Shoot one of our original guys, uh, Ray Embarcadero, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I, be- I believe that's what he does, unless I got it wrong. But what? I think he's a high steel worker. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I got my dose down on the coconut oil to, and this is how I encourage people to experiment in edibles. I started off with just a quarter teaspoon. It's like, I don't feel much. Went to a half teaspoon. Did that for like a week every morning. Um, just with something light, like a banana or, sure. you know, not I'm not eating my whole meal. I screw up your tolerance forever. And then I went, and then I was like, damn, I could feel that. I'm not sure. But then I went up now today and for a few days to a teaspoon, to five mils in the morning with a very light whatever, almost on an empty stomach. And then I go do some shit for a little bit. See, come that's back the difference between me and you. I start with a teaspoon. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear you. You're probably right. Uh, but I want to I want to have the dose where coconut oil is good for you anyway, but I want to you know everything to an extent, but to where you uh, don't even really notice it. You are building up tolerance in the same sense. Soon sure. enough, I'll be like, 
well, I'm taking a tablespoon now, and I pretty feel pretty much normal. Yeah, you're gonna be like, I only feel it when I'm smoking it. <laughs> I'm just trying to get the preventative health measures and ingesting down, and now I'm gonna make it make some different strains. And I think I need to try the uh, methods of uh, Jeff the Chef there because his. You see, this coconut oil I have is a very dark, not a very, a pretty dark green, I guess. Right. And it has a bit of plant material in it. You definitely got that cannabis flavor in there, which right. goes good with some things. So uh, basically, you know, you can hook it up. Um, you said you spread it on a cookie. Like, that's what I did with. Yeah. Uh, mm. uh, See, mine was like, it was uh, more like a butter. Yeah, yeah. That's, you can, you can use different consistencies. But anyway, that's what I was smoking. I like it. The, fun, the one thing I have noticed doing it uh, in summary is usually I'll be like in the morning, like, like wake and bake, right? And then sure. a couple hours after that, you're like, it's time to smoke a little more. When I start off. With my doing this, I don't really feel the urge to smoke. Not that I'm trying to not smoke until like, you know, early afternoon. So it's kind of, I mean, I still could. I just don't feel the same urge. It's like I'm already kind of kind of high. Yeah, I don't know. that makes sense. So, it's the same thing with the wax. That are, you know, I'm what I'm smoking is some uh, really good wax that I got from uh, Straight Nugs. That's what I had put in the pen. How do you make it? Uh, that's a good question. It's more like a, a butter type of. Type Not of as icky sticky as Extractor Man. It's it's pretty cool, man. It is almost like it's it's really not sticky. Like this is the kind of stuff. They it's all different consistency. It's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. And this one, like you could actually like put on your finger and then get it off. You know what I mean? Like wiping on and off. It's like like a butter consistency almost. Not greasy though. Is the only thing. Yeah, <laughs> but pretty interesting stuff, man. But um. I totally lost my train of thought where I was going with smoking that, man. That's all right. That's what you were smoking, man. Straight <laughs> but, nugs wax. Yeah, I, I did enjoy it. It's funny. I left it in my wife's car for about two weeks, man. Talk about, like, uh, you know, doing something dumb. It was just in a little envelope, like one of those dispensary uh -huh. envelopes. And, uh, yeah, just left it, like, in a side compartment or something like that. My oh, just in. put it in the trunk, son. He, he probably should. I totally forgot, man. I guess somebody, you know, I guess he handed it to me, and I just... You know, put it there and forgot, man. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of pretty dumb thing to do. So, well, I want to get into. I don't know why that reminded me. Probably because it's Christmas time. Aww. If you're a Aww, fine person that enjoys the holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you will, but people are wrapping <laughs> gifts, and I hate wrapping shit, man. Like I was just looking. We just got actually got hooked up here with a sweet uh, hemp hoodlum way to grow hoodie for my wife, right? So I got to wrap it up. You know, she doesn't listen to the show. I don't know if your wife listens to the show. Otherwise, I just ruined it, man. Do you really think my wife would listen to me talk for an hour and <laughs> no, a half, no, man? No, I neither. Fuck no. She gets <laughs> enough of that shit. So, anyway, I'm like, shit, man. Another thing I got to wrap. But I did see the, uh, what's the, people, what's the easiest way, right? If you don't I'm a bag wrap. and wrapping paper type of person. Myself. A bag? A bag and then the, like, yeah, stuffing paper. Yeah, because probably oh, the easiest bro. alternative to cutting and taping is throw in a bag and throw some tissue shit on top of it and say, oh, there you go. Tissue shit, huh? I saw, no, yeah, you could put those two together and it doesn't work out right unless it's somebody you hate. But that would be a pretty cool joke. <laughs> Sounds like a move on Jackass. Uh... Maybe I'll try that this Christmas to my wife, you know. <laughs> anyway, so there was a guy, I just thought you guys would get a kick out of it on, I think it was on Shark Tank. Right. And he had these different sizes of uh, pre, like, bags, but you would just hit it with a heat gun and it just shrink wrap on. It had, like, Christmas pattern. I'm oh, like, that's sure. awesome, man. Hell yeah, man. They'll last for, like, 10,000 years probably, yeah, man. I don't know why the they should Birds can choke on that shit, man. <laughs> they shot him down for whatever reason. I was like, let's just put your box in here and hit it with a heat gun. 
Anyway, Jeez. sounds good in theory. Right, right. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. Good luck rapping all your shit if you got shit to rap. Dude, my dad used to rap tons and tons of presents, and then when I was bad, he would just throw them in the fire. And I uh, found out later they were just empty boxes, man. But it's a good technique, man. Yeah. Yeah. It is a good technique. Okay. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. It was on a Facebook post, man. What? Like, wrap a bunch of presents, then throw them in the fire when your children misbehave. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. Before we talk about what's going on in our grows, that's what's next, right? Yes, sir, man. Yes, good, sir. Good. Put on your jacket, brother. It got cold. Again, encourage you people to check out DudeGrows.com over the holidays. Watch a video, hang out, I don't know, listen to an episode. Even if you just go over there and comment on one thing, that'd be fabulous. We like all the action going on over there. We're trying to build that as much as the podcast. Yeah, the idea is to build that as a knowledge base. There's over a thousand grow questions that have been asked. Let's Now we've built a beautiful community of, of really uh, uh informed growers let's go over there and start answering those grow questions we're going to start revisiting some of the old grow questions we're going to start having some of the best commenters on uh to talk about what they know so uh, yeah i'm looking forward to that man i think it's gonna be pretty cool and yeah the the end game is to have a database of you know a thousand plus grow questions with intelligent answers from y'all right on and then next but not least pick yourselves up some damn recharge if you haven't yet, or if you have, you know, you got to go up to the next size. Get more of it. You know, the eight ounce, get the sixteen ounce. <laughs> Dude, the DGC has been so incredibly supportive and amazing, and that's you know, it's how we make our living is is by selling recharge and making recharge. So yeah, and if you got a store like Scotty says, it. get it in. Let people know. Um, you know, even had uh, homeboys uh, trying to get like, there's no hydroponics store, but they're hitting up like the true value or shit like that. I'm <laughs> like, awesome. I don't know, I don't know, but I appreciate the effort. Hell yeah, uh, over on Amazon. Real Growers Recharge, and what do you got, man? Like a holiday coupon code, 50% off or something? <laughs> you always love to try to give away every know, just... bit of money I ever made, huh? No, I like on, that. On, honestly, <laughs> if you want the best coupon code, become a member, 30% off Recharge. Right. Uh, so become a member of the show over on DudeGrows.com. Man, anytime somebody's giving you 50 or 60% off. They're going out of business. They're making too much money. <laughs> they made yeah. the price too damn high, man. I tried to keep that shit honest, man. Keep, try to keep it legit within a legit price, man. So thank you for the support. It's been a great year. A lot of fun. All right. Well, let's talk about what's going on in the groves, man. I was going to – The springtails, which I talked about before, <laughs> I have another video, and they are jumping for sure. I'm like, man, let's make sure these aren't something else. Like, right. And my plants look great, so they have to be springtails. No other bre- uh, bug in the soil really jumps, I don't springs know. up. I don't know of any other with a whip-like flagella. Yeah, so my, this is my favorite thing to say now. My my sticky traps that I set on the soil level, you know, I cut them in half and right. set them right on the soil level for the fungus gnats, which weren't bad. It was just to help them keep the population down. Or sure. literally had like just a gray line now, solid gray line. I'm like, oh, all you poor springtails. I'm looking at them like my buddy. So I was like, all right, we got to take care of this the right way. So I got rid of all my my sticky traps, right? You know, and I used to do drenches in my soil. With the Azimax every once in a while, if I want. Now I'm seeing why I don't want to do that because I'm going to take out the springtails too, right? Potentially. I think so. I would think. So I was like, how do we look at this? Duh. So I went, I was actually at a shout out a store down by me called Growwise in Lakewood. And they always I have know that guy. They always have, um, in stock, there are different nematodes. Okay. So they have a predator nematode for fungus gnats. 
So I'm like, why the hell don't I just water in a bunch of these guys? Then I don't need to have my sticky traps. The springtails will still hang out and be fine. Because as we're understanding, you were saying, everybody's saying springtails are aggressive decomposers in organic matter, right? Yes. That organic matter isn't available to the plant, right? In that form. No, it's not. So the springtail is actually... Eating it yes. and deucing it out, as I say. Yeah, mixing it with, with um, bacteria and fungi that are in their stomachs. In the springtail stomach. Yep. They're too small to have anything in their stomach, Yeah, man. you know what? I think what, the, you know what? I'm thinking of the earthworm. The springtail, I think, just breaks it up. I think the break, springtail just breaks it up into little pieces. And then the earthworm's the one that he, the earthworm actually has uh, little rocks. It takes these little rocks, like little pieces of sand, and that's what's grinding it up and it's mixing it up. And that's the one with the bacteria. So if I don't have earthworms, am I not doing good? Do I need earthworms to complete the cycle? You know, they're just grinding it up. But if you have bacteria and fungi, that's what's inside the earthworm's stomach. If you have the bacteria and fungi from recharge outside so the that's stomach, gonna make they're it... still breaking it down. The so I'm, I'm, I'm feeling some in... symbiosis then between the springtails and what's going on. So I'm wondering, I found a place here in the, in the show notes, guys, check the link uh, where you could buy them. Like th- these guys that have, I forgot what they're called, micro, they're getting microfauna. It's people that have uh, frogs for containers, vivarium, vivariums, um, and a real moist thing, and that's they keep frogs cool word, and man. shit in them. And they use the springtails to keep stuff in check to okay. break down buildup of organic matter that might become a problem. And this dude—they sells- are the top of the soil food web, you know. Or I don't say that, t- you know, whatever. They're on the higher order of the soil food web. Dude, he's got a know? sixteen ounce live culture here of springtails for seven dollars. So I'm trying to—I would like to talk to a soil scientist, and not one that plays one on a podcast, you know. <laughs> Ouch! You man, like that? that at me, man? Uh, just well, you're not officially a scientist. Yeah, Come I don't on, play. Soil I wouldn't, scientist, we wouldn't have man. a damn podcast. If you I play a the guy that that maybe knows how to get a hold of a soil scientist. That's what I'm. Uh, is it worth it for me to put to to inoculate? You know, bring springtails into my garden? Well, this website's trippy, dude. It's got little. <laughs> it's got like little fleck going across the screen. Oh yeah, and I you're like, that. what I, is that? And I he's just, got it. So and it's like just, looks like a bug running across the screen, right? And I'm looking at a picture of bugs while they're do- interesting. Uh, anyway, uh, is it worth it to actually dude. bring springtails into your gardening situation if you're organic or not grower and you're growing in a mix that is compost or cocoa or do they eat the cocoa? I don't know. What are they after in there? They're they're, they're partying, dude. I have like piles of springtails, which I got to get this video up, guys. Right. I got a video. Um, that are like the size of a, a half of a dollar, and there's like thousands in there. I that- wonder what they're made out of, though. I bet you their exoskeleton is that same stuff that uh, uh, that the insect frass is made out of. Chitin? Yeah, chitin. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not, I'm not too sure if springtails are made I'll bet you that is stuff so, that de- don't really that have decomposes. an I'll bet you that stuff that decomposes and is good for the soil. That's all I'm saying. I bet right. you when the, a bunch of them die in your soil, it's not a bad thing. Because they're, they're a soft-bodied index. They're a soft-bodied insect, so I doubt they'd have uh, you know, like an, thinking, an actual exoskeleton that the chitin would be. You know, I was just thinking the same thing, man. I was doubting their exoskeleton's existence, man. <laughs> In an existential kind of way. Well, I'm gonna check it out because it made me think. This is something that's benefiting me. It's very affordable, and I already, I already am maintaining a habitat for them. It's not like I'm doing anything extra at this point. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of things to put in um, your mix, and then it was going to take me on to the next thing. I'm wondering for my grow, like how I don't think I need. I need to be more, or I will say I don't know about organic, but a better mix and just cocoa and some of my inputs to maintain worms in them. Will worms maintain in cocoa pretty good? Is that worth it? And worms will maintain in cocoa, I, I'm sure, yeah. 
I'm wondering. Got me thinking. Well, anyway. What are you going to feed them? Or where are they going to go? Are they going to leave or what? Yeah, I don't know. So I only you got need to start so getting far. into cover crops that you are green manures and then keep earthworms and then they have food. Yeah, yeah you got to keep uh, giving some compost on the top layer for them to come up and get on. Then put some straw over that shit. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I mean. There's so much to get into, man. Should yeah, I like, I'm liking. I'm liking learning all of it. Uh, a couple more things. I was setting my. I just transplanted three one gals into seven. No, five gals. Tall five. Five five tall nursery pots. Sure. Five PT something like that. Um, Call them number five. It's like all right now. I got to. Uh, I got to water them through decent. Not too bad actually. I don't even always try to get full runoff on a transplant because I know the roots aren't all the way down there. Not that it's going to hurt anything, but it's like, dude, I hate getting run off and dealing with them. Like, oh, go set it over on the floor, on my basement floor, where it's na- na- like slanted right to the drain. Sure, sure. Do its own thing. Hey. And I was just watering with recharge only. Mm-hmm. So then it gave me thinking, what about recharge's drain cleaner, man? I, you know, would, would the bacteria in recharge or any of that shit eat, eat shit in a drain? You know, well, eat bacteria eats, man. I mean, trichoderma eats. You saw it was eating the, you know, the denim. You know, they would use it to eat the color out of the denim when they do stone washing. Hmm. You know, know, you know, I was pretty strong at the time, too. Aggressive. But I sat, I sat they there. Do, and... They do have enzyme uh, drain cleaners. Oh, I already cleaners, used that. There's one made here in Colorado. It's enzyme drain cleaner yeah, shit so is I mean, amazing they, they how strong do... and quick it can work. Yeah, so they do use living organisms to eat that stuff. I don't know if it's that. This... Enzymes aren't living organisms, I don't think. Enzymes aren't? I don't know. I, I've never taken a biology class. Let's go. I, I just had to look. No, they're they're from from a living organism. Okay. What is it, like a it's, byproduct of yes, a living organism? I did ooze. take biology in the seventh grade, man, where I learned to whip like flagella. Okay? Enzymes lower, lower the energy of activation. The amount of energy it takes to start a chemical reaction, they lower that for biological processes within the plant. I told you. You owe me a Coke. I, just, I was ser- seriously looking at the drain. It's like, I don't know if... If I get a gallon of recharge runoff in there, if it's going to cause a problem or do something good. <laughs> right. <laughs> starts growing a root out, man. All of a sudden, the roots start, start growing. Nah, nah. I already got, <laughs> got me a new one. Anyway, last thing. I, I'm pretty sure on this, you guys, if you listen to the show, you know I'm all over the place. I'm supposed to be growing pineapple haze, you know, two years ago because uh, I got those <laughs> seeds still, which is fine, man. Seeds can hang out for a long time, and if they don't pop, they don't pop. But Could you imagine everything that you say you're accountable for? You know, like if. Because we're on the show, you know, you really could rewind everything and be like, wait a minute, what happened to that grow off, you know? Dude, I mean, that's like how, you know, the president elect is. That's the rules of how you do things. Everything you say, you're accountable it's for. That's true. It's true. Yeah. Uh huh. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not getting into that shit. Told you. I so, said that before I got elected. Yeah, drain the swamp, bro. All right. <laughs> so, lastly, I'm, I'm trying. I'm pretty sure I'm going to do this. Thanks, Moby Dill. I got the lemon G. I'm a decent amount into flowering on the SK side, the Spectrum King side with it. Right. I'm sitting there thinking, like, well, I want to see this. And I'm going to grow it out under my Hortelux 600-watt HPS, too. I sure. like to see the difference in the flower, the different attributes and sure. qualities and whatever. It's like, man, I think I'm going to go to one strain for a little bit so I can start. Then I want to do one. I think I want to do one in a soil mix where I do just the um, – I'm not making my own super soil. I think I've tracked down a company I want to give a try where I'm going to do the plain freaking pH-adjusted water the whole t- and recharge the whole time. That's it. Interesting, man. And, but to, to truly be able to say, oh, this is what I've seen, it's not going to be like perfect trials. But I'll be able to tell, hey, it all is the same cut. 
So, and then nothing better than a strain like Lemon G. I think it's one I've come across. Just rubbing your fingers on the flowers. Oh, it's so terpy, man. I went into the living room and put them on my wife's. She's always like a little afraid. What are you coming up under my nose with? And like, smell my fingers. She's like, what do you think? I'm like, what do you think that is? Yeah, my wife Damn. never does that. If I go, hey, smell my fingers. Yeah, you've she ruined never it, does probably. That. Yeah, totally I ruined it. joked it too many times. It's like stinking down on the bathroom. You left your wallet in there, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's I'm I'm kind of pumped. I think I can pull it off. I like to have variety. I think I got enough backup varieties in my my you know my cure jars or whatever to be okay with for a little bit. That's right. the one thing you got to get in your trading. If you're growing one strain out, you got to have some guys to trade with as far as having some variety in your. Uh, that's the truth, man. You know your your access. But that's I'm, what I mean, man. This whole fucking grow one strain and fucking perfect it and all that shit. It's cool. I mean, I guess, man, but why not have a bunch of bunch of things going and growing them all in a nice organic living soil, big giant mound of organic living soil and cuz when you find something that you see for me like all the attributes so far as far as this strain, a couple examples. It's growing awesome, straight up strong even after doing, you know, the super cropping and bending and twisting like um stalks. Very self-supporting. I'm definitely they're going to need support a couple of them have. Sure. Um, aggressive plant, good genetics, a lot of attributes I like. Opposite of that would have been, you know, when I grew out the Blue Widow. That was floppy as shit, man. I Sometimes I would spend a couple hours, support, and then all of a sudden some other, like, it was annoying to me. Sure. Yeah, I liked it. Not, my garden doesn't need to be automated, but I like this. Gen- and when I think I found, um, well, I didn't find it, but when I finally got my hands on something that would be a winner for a while, it's not like I want to perfect it, but I want to see how it grows in different substrates newts and continue to have fun like you say and learn in the in the garden sure. so and be like holy shit man taste this one that you gave nothing water but you know verse this one that you grew out with the new millennium you know and be able to sit, truly say why you like this better or maybe it's so good you're like man i'm not even growing the other ways anymore you know just play with all that shit but you need to do it with one strain to pull off those I'm not going to even call them experiments, but uh, trials, whatever. Right, right. Sometimes there are things that, like, even, you know, brewers, obviously growers, tomato growers know certain strains. They're like, dude, that one did so good. And sometimes it could be because of it's in the right region. I don't know. Well, sometimes or, they just lend themselves like, oh, man, that thing works good in deep water culture. Six-inch six, six inch rock wool cubes for, you know, blue dream. If I can bring it to flower and go, you know? Yeah. So that's why I'm I'm trying to do it. And uh, I'll whatever we got a good network out here, man. Not worried about trading up and uh, doing some different things. Shout out to Undershade, man. Let's trade up some more shit. I have uh, got to give him some feedback on his. Uh, oh, what's that one Kush called? I think it's like Killer or something. Sorry, sorry, Undershade, but he gave me some good samples. I'm still working on. Nice. Anyway, what you got going on in your grow, man? Man, I went over to my grow. It got really cold a couple of days ago. Went over. Oh yeah, you sent me a picture of a frozen like yeah, put piece of HVAC. The social media, man, freaking total frozen intake. And I forgot I used to have. Uh, my, well, actually, it really wasn't set up correctly. But how it should be set up is that should be my veg right there. And you just run that veg for 18 hours a day and then the, or 24 hours a day when it gets really cold. And that's also yeah. your heater. You yeah. know? And that preheats the air before they go into those can fans, man. Shout outs. You see those Max fans? I had the Max 8 HOs with ice all over them, man. That so that was when just... we had a really bad cold snap here? Yeah, right? a couple of days ago. And you're yeah. just ripping right from a... Right from the outside. So I'm ripping from the outside through. And then they're supposed to be your going cold through. Fit, your, your Max 8s, you said? 
They had ice around them. Max 8 HO had ice around them. Still humming along. Beautiful. Yeah, it worked beautifully. (laughs) But the idea is that, um, yeah, you're supposed to pre-warm that air. Put the fans in the middle so they're pulling from a couple lights and pushing through a couple lights. Yeah. You know, but, uh, yeah, man, it just was so cold out. And I had my one room, the, the, the room that's supposed to warm the air up, turned off. Yeah. No, that's like me with having my only just my 600 off on my small room. The other room, I'm running the heater all the time. Lights on, lights off, right? which is fine. But the 600 will be fired back up here very shortly. Yeah, man, I got over there, and the plants look like shit. I don't know. I, I really the temperatures? I think it had to do it. And I'm thinking back at it, man. It was like 60, what, 64, 65 degrees in there. That's cool. I mean, plants are going to cool down like that. And then I really do think, here's what happened. We got all cute and creative with our uh, organic stuff, man. We went over and got buffalo and got, what the hell? We got so much organic stuff and loaded. We're like, oh, we're going to load up our cocoa. Buffalo, Biolive, Azomite, so, something I else. I put the Azomite in there before. But anyway, we just played around with all this stuff. And I believe it's all breaking down and starting to release 30, 40 days in. And just causing havoc, man. It's just what, causing... like nutrient burn or something? Yeah, it's just screwing things up, man. Yeah, so we're playing around with it. We're trying to get it under check. So or into check. Under check, into check. I don't know. We're trying to get it figured the fuck out, man. So what we did was we trimmed everything back really good. I mean, I trimmed the shit out of these things, mm-hmm. man. And uh, changed the reservoir. Made it, I think, we're right around eight, 900 PPM. Tons of recharge on top. And uh, you just took, try to take a bunch of you know a bunch of stress off them. So you think that's too hot? If you think you have things cooking down, plant, becoming plant available to have eight nine hundred ppm on the res? I don't. I don't. I always are on the side of of good nutrition. That's what you were running on straight cocoa though, and now you have your cocoa amended. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't. I'm not this, a good organic. This guy. is this I where the know, bottle man. guys are like, "See, we're gonna have plenty of people that still will use." Our yeah, bottle nutrients will be just fine because this. Yeah, I, I obviously screwed up. I obviously screwed up. So now we're dealing with it, and uh, yeah, I don't know we'll, what we'll, you could have put we'll too see. much of in. I mean, the BioLive is a pretty rounded mix, if I remember, alfalfa, this, that, some chicken right. manure, or whatever. Right. And then I don't know much about azomite if you put too much of that in there. Yeah, I don't think that's just trace minerals. That should be fine, too. I don't think I did I've put too much I've been thinking that. that there's a possibility it was a CO2 toxicity with the temperatures dropping down. Oh, now that is what it looked like. That it, it is looked, what it, it looked, looked like. It looked like CO2 toxicity. The lower the temperature, the less CO2 it needs, man. Don't you just have it shut off then? No, I fucking run my CO2 at 1,500 ppm all the fucking time, man. Well, once it achieves 1,500 I mean, your burners. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I'm saying if it's running at 1,500, 1,500 ppm and the plants are barely using anything, maybe it's the equivalent of it being 2,200, uh, when the plants maybe, are screaming. Maybe, A lot of unknowns. Yeah, there is. Anyway, anyway so all, all we could do was trim everything back. The ugly shit ain't coming back. Trim it off. You're in veg, so don't worry about it. Give tons of microbes. Give us some nice fresh water and nutrients. Yeah. Oh, you know what else we did? I did rip up a little bit of the roots, man, and I just physically inspected these roots to make sure that there were uh, there were no root aphids. Now, you know, nothing funny going on with those roots. Uh, and what if you looked at them and you looked and there's all these creepy crawlies? You'd freak out. We were freak good. out. Turn we the camera good. on. Turn the camera uh, off. Shit. <laughs> right on. I mean, that's yeah one of the things that uh, the bottled nutrient companies, which I still don't have any extreme issue with. 
No, uh, I don't know. It, the only issue is that there are other natural I ways no to do it. No extreme issue. There are Just other a light issue. Ways. <laughs> no, I mean it's a, it's great and it makes it easy for people to have success. Yeah. There, yeah, that is know, the main I'm point. I'm just trying to learn a little bit, man. You know, come on, we're doing this for years. I want to do it for years more. I want to be well rounded. Yes. What else you got going on, man? Uh, All right. How do you recommend? Did you have a solution? I mean, sometimes if you have your HVAC set up like that, you said put the fan in the middle of the light run. It's still going to be pulling in ice cold air on the other side. You're still going to have a cold in. No, it's pulling. Yeah, it's pulling ice cold air in, and then it's pulling before it gets to the fans. It's pulling it through two lights. So it's pulling. Was it dripping and shit too, or is it just straight frozen? It's uh-huh. frozen because it's con- condensing and then freezing with the cold air. You got to get that. Doesn't the insulated ducting take care of that? No, it was. I mean, it's pulling negative three degree air in from outside. It's coming right into a uh, you know a sixty five seventy degree room. You're going to get condensation. You need to put a big... And that can fan ducting, insulated ducting, has been discontinued, too. It's just... Th- yeah, it's thin. It's uh, it was it's kind of cool. I wasn't really using it for insulation factor. I was using it because it was nice and... and it's durable ducting. Well, yeah, but it was just easy to... Uh, like, the, the insulated ducting is so so big. You know, you yeah, get your head yeah. on it. It's just easy to make that shit look good, you know? <laughs> yeah, I did it for looks, man. Yeah, yeah. I would like, recommend like, like those low profile tires you get, man, that they look really good, but every time you go over a bump it hurts your back, you know? They look the best on like F three fifty one ton dually trucks. <laughs> That's what I'm talking they about. They look the right best there. on those type of vehicles. Low Diesel. Pro, man. Yeah. So when they're pulling their fifth wheel and shit. Anyway. I, I was in my room a couple of days. I know what you want me to say, man. I know I know you see it on there. It says peeing on plants. <laughs> the dude wants to talk about it. So I'd be checking out the, uh, what is it called, compost everything. And it's just talking about how silly we are that, you know, dude, yeah, you know, peeing on plants, even, you know, human or whatever, you know, self-composting toilets. Did you Pe- say human manure? Human manure is what human they're Human manure? Human is what it's called, okay. man. Yeah, you can buy the, I'm buying you the Somebody hum- meme Scotty human manure-ing no. his plants. <laughs> no, please don't. That's human manuring. I made a new adjective. You're a dick. A new, new verb. <laughs> Humanuring. That's what the Walmart compost. If you ever see anything that says made with biosolids on it. Oh, that's, no, yeah, that's, that's from, yeah, with a lot of like all the people's antibiotics in there and stuff like that. And anyway, the last biosolids I want come from Walmart's bathroom. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, but they talk about this Too much stuff, shit talk today. Go ahead. How there, how there is all sorts of different, you know, all, you know, in the past people you would use, you would go out and pee on your crops, you know, and it was a source of nitrogen and. As long as you didn't do it, you know, too much or too often, then it really would fertilize your crops, man. So I was just laughing about it. So I had to pee really bad, and I was really far away from a bathroom. My grow tent doesn't have any plumbing, and you know, I had to run and pee outside in the freezing snow. So I said, yeah, all right, you know, whatever. It's been, what, 25, uh, 25 plus years of growing. I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to pee on my plant, man. And then do you dial in, like, what you eat or drink beforehand to get your proper NPK and all that? <laughs> you know, they really did say that, uh, that uh, you know, like your liver or whatever it is, your, I'm sorry, your kidneys really filter out stuff. And it's, you know, I mean, nature does have a way of doing things, you know. Them, you know, dogs pee on the plants and the plant grows. Gotcha. I don't know. I thought, I thought it was funny. I I have tried in the, the side of my house, I have, a, like, a rock cover area. Where constantly weeds grow through and shit. Right, I'd be over there all the time. When I, uh, that's where my outdoor grow was, and whatever, just out there chilling in nature. But I'd try to, I'm like this one weed. Every time I was out there, because I'd sit out there in a chair, have an IPA, smoke. Sure. But 
anytime I had to pee, and plus peeing outside is better anyway. You don't even have to aim for anything. You're just sitting there chilling, right? <laughs> so I'd always pee on the same plant. I'm like, maybe I'll kill it. Like, maybe a, somehow. Get over nitrogen, I bet. I don't, it didn't work, man. So it's amazing. Some plants, there's this, uh, we talked about it on the show. I was going to say, where you see some plants growing, like uh, my buddy's uh, brewery where he works at uh, oh, Crazy Mountain. Where the sidewalk meets the building. Sure. There's like a just a two-inch void. There's no it's straight concrete all around. The freaking tomato plants growing out of there bearing fruit. Like its roots and nobody's fertilizing it right. at all. Right. And I'm like, where did its freaking I mean, I guess it made it to under the sidewalk to that awesome soil, right? And like <laughs> it's, it's true, amazing. Man. Anyway, I mean, he he sent me a picture of it. I should have kept it because he couldn't believe it either. Somebody secretly at night recharging it ah the guy was saying that uh in the uh, compost everything book that like i can't remember oh it was where the outhouse was where the outhouse was all these tomatoes were just growing naturally these beautiful tomatoes and they were like you know back in the day they're like i ain't eating that Uh uh-uh i never dared eat them things what uh (laughs) i don't think you said so for all the other people that want to pee on their plants I mean that's our ni- that's nitrogen. And it, it is nitrogen, and I'm just I'm only available half, nitrogen. I'm only half through the book. All right, all I know is I buy big bags of urea, or at least I used to. And urea derived from um, it sounds sounds a lot like urine. So all I'm saying is I'm checking that shit out, man. And okay. urea is nitrogen, by the way. Okay. No, and most people think of like when they they think of pee as fertilizer, they think of their dog peeing in their yard and getting a dead yellow spot from it. But in reality, you have to think a step deeper where it's just getting over-fertilized and dying because of it. No, right? not, only you? Not getting killed because there's no fertilizer. Only you can pee in your garden? If i got to pee later if I'm over your house hanging, can I... Or, you know, everybody loves their own brand, as the saying goes. <laughs> it's right for other people to pee on your plants. This is just a big scheme I have to get people to stop smoking all my weed when they come over. You know? I mean, how is it... Don't is smoke it, it. He pees on it. Is it also, like, female-friendly area to pee on your plants? There's a lot of questions <laughs> I get here anyway. You go, and there's just a plant in on the toilet. There's just a plant. Hey, help me out, man. Uh, right. We don't buy bottled nutrients in this house. Let's not get any stranger. <laughs> all right, what else you got? Is that it? Or, that's it, brother. Uh, that's, that's it, it. That's man. It. Let's call this one The Weird Show. Hope you guys enjoyed What's Going On, episode... Trace, trace, trace. Trey, trace, trace, man. And uh, check was it out. Was that your beeper code back in the day, man? Dude grows. You wanted an, eight, an eighth? You just you know text the dude, Trey, Trey, Trey. Never had a beeper, I don't think. Maybe I did. I don't know. Oh, you uh, missed that whole thing, man, and the whole codes and everything? Oh, that's good. You had to say shit in like three digits or less. You know? 911, man. Text the pit. Beep him 911. Get his attention. <laughs> that's right, man. Just 144 characters. Bullshit, man. I will catch you all later, and we will be doing a show this week in cannabis, I believe, Friday, right? You down? Yeah, man. Yeah, I just is gonna... that Christmas? No, Christmas. That's nothing. Christmas Eve, Saturday. That's the twenty third, man. Nobody gets off for the twenty third. All right. Monday, we will try to do something. I'm not guaranteeing a grow talk on Monday. It might be uh, just delayed a day. Maybe we'll do grow talk on Tuesday. I don't know, but Monday's no guarantees. Wow, you're blowing my mind. What are you going to too much eggnog? Is what you're already envisioning? Hey, man, you just got to live life every once in a while. Damn straight. Not that I'm not right now. All every right, day, man. Every day you live it. We are out of here, guys. Take it easy. Stay high. And Merry Christmas. Have a great holiday, all y'all. And, uh, yeah, actually, I'll talk to y'all before Christmas. Why do so. you guys say great holiday, bro? Why can't you say Christmas? What's wrong with you? Is there because something wrong with the holiday? Christmas, then you got to say believe Hanukkah in Christmas, and man. Kwanzaa and shit. What? So Come why on. Can't you just say, Why do you got to uh, be so vague? 
Because the people fill it in, man. Religious hater, man. Religious hater. <laughs> Later. Take it easy, dude.